Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cameron Snape and I miss video source so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-host Kira Jade Opitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. This is Weird Kid Video. Old business? Old business. Old business. Sad boy business? Oh, no. Well, the spooky season's over. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's November. Oh, no. Fuck November. <laughs> <laughs> if we do all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, will we be done before Christmas? No. So we'll pause for Christmas? No. <laughs> but we always do a Christmas movie for Christmas. We've done, okay, this is our second year. What tradition have we started? <laughs> I choose to say always because I thought it was going to be a tradition. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Christmas. We are up to the third Nightmare <laughs> movie and there are there are seven of them. But I buy into Halloween so that you'll buy into Christmas, so it's kind of like do a- Do you really? Do you want to debate this on the podcast? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an even trade in all areas That's of in the life. real life. This is podcast life. Oh, but I'm still part of the podcast, so- I am partial to a Christmas movie, I hey, will say. Hey, look, we're democracy. <laughs> <laughs> We've never been a democracy. Since when? <laughs> I mean, I give you the illusion of choice. I'll let you vote. I give you my feelings, but I know my vote doesn't count. <laughs> There's two votes in this room. We'll figure it out. <laughs> well, who knows? Who says we're doing all of the nightmare? True. I'm not going to lie. True. Had a bit of Freddy fatigue before watching this movie, but no notes. Okay. No fucking notes. Wait, Freddy this fatigue. is beginning to, no, we're beginning to dip into okay, new sorry, business. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll do water. New business. This episode, straight talk only. <laughs> straight talk only. I love that phrase. We're I'm talking, stealing it. We're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, part three, Dream Warriors from 1987. As you were. I don't Freddy remember. Fatigue. Freddy right. Fatigue after only two movies. Well, How would we you go with watching all seven in a row like Keen would love to do? I mean, I, I would do it and I'm down to do it. But the thing no, is- No, I mean like, like in a row, like in one day. Oh, that's a mish. <laughs> or, or two days. That's a mish. That that would probably come with like a, like at least a six pack, eight beers, you know what I mean? What and like a beer some snacks and I'm down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, I had a little bit of Freddy fatigue before I went into this movie and I was like, oh, kind of, kind of keen for something else. Like the spooky vibe of the month had kind of worn off and mm. I was just like, would be down for something else. But I literally have three dot points in my notes because I was just fucking in this movie. I had a whole lot of notes, but then I forgot to bring my notes. So I'm just hoping that I remember <laughs> my notes. <laughs> As with the other two movies, I'm going to talk a little bit about how this movie ends up being made before we get into you know, the usual rigmarole. There's a feeling within New Line and also the fans that part two was disappointing. 
It still did yeah. okay at the box office, but the feeling was that it didn't live up to the expectations of the first movie. Yeah. Which was a very hard act to follow. Was right? Wes a producer on the second one as no. well? No. Wes okay. is not involved in the second movie whatsoever. Okay. New Line weren't even 100% sure that they were going to move forward with the series. Yeah. They considered just like not doing anything with it. Right? Mm. But then, of course, they did. What they did do, though, is they took more time in development of this movie than the, the previous movie. It Between shows. the first and the second movie, there is less than a year. This is almost two years later. So they rested the content and worked more on it. I wouldn't say the rest of the content because that's still really fast for for between sequels. Right. But what I would say is that they, they thought more about what direction the series was going to go in. Not past this entry, but just like what is Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. Like what is the format gonna, going to look like? Right? Did they take into account how people felt about the second one in terms of like specifically what people's complaints were? Yeah, I think there was more just a feeling that they didn't get it right. Yep. Yeah. Someone that I haven't mentioned that plays a pretty vital role in this series is uh, Sarah Risha. She was a New Line executive, eventually becoming the uh, vice president. She's kind of like Bob's right-hand woman mm-hmm. through the through the making of the series. Uh, she's a co-producer on the first couple of Nightmares before becoming an executive producer. She is kind of like the everyday producer. So she's the person. So Bob's running the studio. And yes, Bob is involved intimately in the, fir- in the first movie. But as the movies go on, she kind of takes a larger role in the development because Bob is now running this new empire that Freddie has built for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She approached Wes to see if he had a take for a third movie, to see if he was interested in coming back. Can I just ask, it is Wes Craven, yeah? Yeah, Wes Craven. Wes Craven, not Wes, yeah? Wes. Okay. Wes, Wes, okay. Wes. That just really depends on how you pronounce it. I feel like I've been saying Wes and I was like, I don't want to do the man dirty. I'd probably say both. Okay. He had a take. Yeah? Yeah, but he was in pre-production on another movie that he was about to go off and direct called Deadly Friend. He wasn't going to be able to direct it, but he was interested in getting paid to write a draft. Yeah, nice. Wes Craven <laughs> is not above getting paid. Can I make that clear? Make <laughs> There's that clear? nothing wrong with that. Totally. Have yeah. you seen that movie? Deadly Friend? Yeah. No, it is one of the few Wes Craven movies I've not seen. There is a couple from that this period of time. Is there any that are like famous flops, like in terms of not the box office, but quality? Mm, there is some up and down, but that's there's up and down because of budget levels right? and also how invested he is. Yeah, okay, right? okay. And then there's a couple of times where he had pretty bad experiences making movies. There's a movie from the early 2000s called Cursed, which is a werewolf movie with Christina Ricci. Okay. That was shot basically three times <laughs> during nah. production. Yeah, they changed the whole back half of the movie. They stopped production. But you know why? Fucking Weinstein's. Uh. So Wes didn't have a good time with that movie. So he had Yuck. some rough times, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and success. He ended up partnering with another writer, Bruce Wagner, to write a draft of the screenplay for, Night- for Nightmare. Have we heard that name before? No. So Craven had liked another screenplay that he had read that Bruce Wagner had written, but they had never worked together before and they wouldn't work together afterwards. Right. He's kind of just there to write the screenplay. Mm. So Craven is providing the guidance and the structure, but apparently Bruce did most of the most of the actual writing. Okay. So he wanted a writing partner because he was off going to do this other thing, but it allowed him to then kind of get his ideas on get his ideas on the show. Sure. Wagner's an interesting dude. He hasn't really written any other films that we would talk about, and his credits kind of run dry in the nineties. He became a, a disciple of Carlos Castaneda. Okay. Do you know who Carlos Castaneda is? Nah. So he wrote books about shamanism cool. <laughs> in the uh, in the 70s and 80s. A lot of his work has been kind of debunked as being not true at all. He wrote it as, he wrote it as nonfiction and it's <laughs> yeah. not nonfiction. Yeah. But he was a little culty. 
Bruce Wagner ended up being like kind of one of the members of Castaneda's cult in the 90s. We've all wanted to be a member of cults in our time. Um, <laughs> member, not so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely want to be a cult leader. I'm very susceptible to cults. Jerry is very susceptible to cults. I think I'd be a good cult member. Cult collector. Just keep everybody. Just keep everybody hydrated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the script they turned in has a lot of the building blocks of the final movie, like it being about a group of kids that are fighting back instead of one. Quite a large part of their draft is set in a, in a hospital, but it's a much darker screenplay. I will talk more about that later. I feel like there's lots of elements of this movie that other movies have lifted. Oh, yeah. This movie yeah. is so influential. Yeah. Like, um, I didn't see it, but the, the new Mut- Mutants movie seems like it ripped this off. The people behind New Mutants were like, this is our dream warrior. Oh, <laughs> Maybe I will watch it now. Don't. It's fucking oh, terrible. Okay. <laughs> I I watched it because I fell for that line. I was like, fuck yeah, I'd watch I'd watch Dream Warriors with mutants. Yeah. And then the movie was just horrendous. Damn. Yeah, but that's what they talked about. It's basically the, this film, like, just watch marketing. this. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time that the Craven script was being developed, Rachel Talley, who was moving up the new line ladder, she's a line producer on this movie. Nice. Talley watch. Um, suggested taking a pitch from a young writing team that she was quite fond of, Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont. Now, mm. Frank Darabont went on to have a very successful career, mostly adapting Stephen King novels into movies okay. and directing them. He directed Shawshank Redemption, ah. Green Mile, and The Mist. What? I don't like any of those movies, but that's fine. <laughs> I love The Mist. And then he was ended up being the showrunner for and developed The Walking Dead for the first season and a half ah. before there was a whole shit show behind the scenes and he ended up walking so away that from that. first from half that. where it's all like cinematic and actually really good? I don't know. I, I don't want to debate Walking Dead again with you. Have we for done the, that? We don't talk <laughs> about Walking third, Dead this on this podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. There was strong. a very large argument between the two of you that was cut out of that episode. It was like a 20 minute... <laughs> There was the, Clearly, I cared the, the so very, much about it. You the did. very first time we spoke about Walking Dead, you yes, two there was yelled a at each other. Twenty-minute argument about Walking Dead, <laughs> right? Because I'm so not annoying. I don't like One day it. we might release it as extra content. And then, <laughs> and then the, and we arguing is and then great the content. Second time that we brought it up, you had a completely different opinion <laughs> to the first time we spoke about it. I'm a changeable man, and, and so didn't I remember. don't want to get into this again. <laughs> That's all I'm Because done. he got too invested in an argument that apparently your opinion you wasn't, wasn't fixed even on. fixed on. <laughs> I'm a changeable man, and depending on how I'm feeling, I'm very into arguing. Anyway, <laughs> one of Frank Darabont's first jobs was in the art department on a tiny science fiction movie called Trances. Hey! Oh, hectic. After they turned in their draft, Chuck Russell was hired to direct the movie. So this movie is directed by Chuck Russell, who is one of the co-writers of the movie. Cool. This is his first film as a director. Before this, he'd been a producer of horror movies and then had worked and then had moved into screenplays with Frank Darapont a couple of times, sometimes on with other partners. After this, he directed the excellent remake of The Blob, which is on the list. Incredible miniature effects and full-size effects for The Blob. That are just like really, really cool. He directed The Mask, the Jim Carrey movie. Really? Yep. Loved that movie. Mm, not for me. Eraser, Arnold Schwarzenegger, late stayed late nineties. Uh, oh, what's the movie. plot of that? I don't remember. I just yeah, remember. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it though. I remember the bad uh, visual effects alligator. <laughs> 
The Scorpion King. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see it, but that was terrible, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's got a new movie coming out next year. He's He made a remake of an 80s cult horror movie called Witchboard, okay. which is coming out next year, which I'm very curious about that because it's strange to me that that movie is getting remade and getting remade by Chuck Russell is also a little strange. <laughs> I feel like it's either going to be about a... Ouija board or like a, a board yeah, of is. witches. It is. It is. That's what a it board, is. Well, a board of witches. <laughs> no, I don't like that spell. Let's, let's cut that spell. Sure. <laughs> I would watch that movie. Corporate witches. It is in fact about a Ouija board, but they can't call it a Ouija board. They call it a witch board, which is what an, is another word for a Ouija board. Uh-huh. Yeah. Starring so many people that I'm only going to mention a couple and then I'll mention talk about everybody else as they appear. Patricia Arquette as Kristen yeah. Parker. We've had her on before. Where did we, we have saw her, her on Roller Boys? That's, oh, that's right. right. Which is after this movie. Oh, she looks so much younger in Roller Boys. This is her first movie. Oh wow, she smashed it. Yeah, good on her. Yeah, yeah. She, I didn't realize it was her first. Yeah, her first, her first movie ever. Nancy is great, but like I feel like her beauty kind of overshadows her acting sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I feel like she's like got this quality that like. There's a, there's a few other people that I feel like this. That you're looking too much at them when they're like trying to like do certain things. Are you talking about Patricia Arquette or, or Heather Langenkamp? Heather Langenkamp. You know we're going to talk about Heather Langenkamp in a second, okay, right? Okay, sure. I'm jumping the gun. Trust the format. <laughs> you don't have anything else to say about Patricia Arquette? Uh, I mean, she's amazing. She is. Yeah. yeah. So Uncle Buck, True Romance, Edward, mm. Lost Highway, Nightwatch, Stigmata, which Kira and I watched. Yeah. Yeah, not that long ago. Bring Out the Dead, Boyhood, and most recently in the TV show Severance, in which she is also fantastic. Yeah, I think. I forgot she was in Boyhood. Yes. She's mm. the mother. Yeah. yeah. I think I said this on the Roller Boys there, but I didn't like her, like in her modern stuff. I felt that she was like, you know, I buy into characters. So did you just know her from like, Medium? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I was you just. You like, that I did not mention Medium. Yeah. But. She's great. Her early work is amazing. Yeah, no matter how good an actor is, if the show isn't good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, they're a terrible it. person. <laughs> okay. Craig Wasson as Dr. Neil Jordan. He was he was good. Yeah, he's good. He's yeah. been an actor since the 1970s and most well known before this for Brian De Palma's porno chic bootleg rear window slash vertigo remake. Body okay. double. Nah. Horny, horny movie. I feel like I've seen him before, but I don't know him. Yeah. He isn't in anything else that we would talk about. And these days he mostly narrates audiobooks. Oh, cool. Apparently. He has a good voice. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, returning, Robert Englund as Fred Krueger and Heather Langenkamp as Nancy Thompson. Both amazing performances in this. Nancy's return was Craven's idea. He conceives her a little bit differently. Okay. In terms of her character. Mm-hmm. Age-wise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was going to save this for later. Does that, that jump? No. no I didn't it's think so. It's meant to be six years later. It's which, meant to be five to six years later. Which would make her? Like 24, 25. Okay. Heather Langkamp is 22. Yeah. She makes this yeah. Movie because it is barely three years later. I feel like she's younger than some of the kids. But even at 24. Borderline. Okay. Even if she they was to, 24, 25. They age 20, her up. They yeah. make her hair real big. Yeah. And they put her in like suits with, with shoulder pads, shoulder and, pads stuff, and stuff. Yeah. They try to age but her. But even up, if yeah. she was 24, 25, that's still very young to be a qualified doctor. Yeah. Well, they she's do say not that, a that doctor, she's. Is they she? do say that she. They say that she's like an. She's an intern. Okay. So, so she's, she's still, still studying. studying. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. yeah. Okay. I'll give you that then. They're, they're kind but of yeah, vague. They're vague about it. Definitely doesn't look old enough to be in charge of these children. The two doctors should not be trusting her. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Who's going to recap the premise of Nightmare on Elm Street Part dream 3? Dream Warriors. Oh, you should do it. It's your movie. No, I just go Dream Warriors. <laughs> it is 
Freddie's children all in a mental hospital because he's been plaguing them and he's trying to take them out, but they discover their dream powers and take them out. Take him out. Mm-hmm. The blockbuster guide to movies and videos from the year 1998, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. One of the best Elm Street sequels is set in a psychiatric hospital where apparent teen suicides are actually the handiwork of Freddy Krueger. Genuinely scary, with more humor from Freddy, with appealingly varied characters and effects. Three and a half stars. There is, like, I've been saying some older horror doesn't really scare me too much, but there are some things in this movie that I'm like, whoa, that is dark. That's good. And maybe not like jump, but it was horrific, Mm -hmm. you know? Jenna Maslin of the New York Times. (gasps) In February of 1987. Yeah! Freddy Krueger is the most talkative of slashes. She did, in her her review for two, also talk about how talkative Freddy is. Mm. And also the most creative. In A Nightmare on Street Part 3, Dream Warriors, he displays a great depth to Dali in concocting surreal visions for his prey. The film's dream sequences are ingenious and they feature some remarkable nightmare images and special effects. Mr. Russell, directing from a screenplay by Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner, they don't even mention Darabont, keeps his visions varied and clever. Unfortunately, the overall film lacks the tight logic of its dream episodes. It's never quite clear how or when Freddy can enter a dream, how many people can see him simultaneously, how often he can kill off the same victim, some die and just wake with telltale scratch or two. That's not That's what not happened. True. Mm. Also, Mr. Russell mounts the nightmares a lot more effectively than he directs the actors in quieter moments. Craig Wesson is on the bland side as a doctor investigating Freddy's problem. And Heather Lenkamp, as a beautiful dream disorder expert who is an old hand at Freddy's game, hardly radiates the poise of a medical professional. Mm. If anything, she brings to mind Miss America and its <laughs> talent competition. Some of the tormented teen roles are well played, but the real star is Freddy himself, brought scarily to life by Robert Englund. Freddy taunts his victims a lot more vocally and colourfully than most of his horror film comrades. Despite a subplot that involves a mysterious nun and finally labels him as the bastard son of a hundred maniacs, he seems to be insult-proof too, and indestructible. Though one of the more remarkable episodes reduces him to the status of a mere skeleton, the film ends with the obligatory frisson of foreboding. Freddy will be back, perchance, to dream. Janet Maslin of the New York Times. There was some really good things in there, like the paying homage to Dali. That was that was a really good pull. Surrealistic stuff, yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, shit. That's some really. That's a really good. Jenna Maslin, why is she always doing reviews for every movie we watch? I don't know. She hates us. I know. <laughs> Block us. She doesn't want to be our friend. But we want to be her friend so badly. I know. If anybody knows her and hasn't been blocked, <laughs> then let her know that we're nice people. Yeah, let her know that she's. we think she's amazing. Mm. <laughs> number one, two, three, opened in the US in February of 1987. Mm. And the number one movie at the box office that weekend was... And I'm Meryl Streep. Yeah! Nightmare 1 opened 10th. Nightmare 2 opened 4th. This movie opened at number 1. It deserves it. I don't see... Like, you can be more Freddy, and the movies can get technically better, but, like, this was a fucking great movie. Yeah, this is the Nightmare movie that made the series. Yeah, fucking get it. it turned Freddy into a pop icon. It's probably the most beloved of the series. It's the best one. Yeah, I reckon it's it's the the best one. Kira thinks it's the best one. It sets the template for the rest of the movies in terms of the dreamscape and how elaborate the kills are. Yeah. And from here, Freddy gets much quippier. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. I want him to have more to say and do. Sure. Um, 
Um, yeah, I, I will remind you of those words. Okay, <laughs> okay. There's a particular sequence. There, there's one that I've seen a trailer for that I really want to see. Okay. <laughs> My backstory for this movie is all kinds of fucked up. I, I, I don't know. I just cannot <laughs> tell you when I saw this movie. I think it was after I'd seen 4, 5, and 6, but I'm not sure. I do remember being really excited when I when Nancy took stage because yeah. I don't think that I knew that she was in the movie when I when I saw it for the first time when that was as I said I don't I don't know it's probably my most revisited nightmare movie if I'm gonna watch a nightmare movie out of the context of rewatching all of them this is probably the one that I throw on yeah probably yeah if I feel like we're just watching a nightmare movie yeah because it's the best one I like this movie <laughs> yeah. I, I love Freddy Krueger. I love Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Freddy Krueger is the best serial killer. He's the best at murdering kids. He really is. <laughs> is there anyone better? I don't think anyone has a bigger death toll than him, really. I don't know. That, that's a, there's a, probably some type of video out there that, that tells you. Yeah, no, I okay. feel like Freddy and, uh, Freddy, and no, I feel Michael, like Michael and, and, and Jason, Jason probably have much tend to do counts. more massacre let's kill like 20 people in a movie, whereas Freddy tends to kill like... Like in Halloween Kills, Michael kills like like ten or fifteen people yeah, in right. one go, and that's not even all of the kills in that movie. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Freddy's are more sadistic kills because yeah. he yeah. haunts you in your dreams. Because it's, it's personal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I still feel like he's he's pretending to be killed each time. He's like, I've taken enough. You guys can have your victory. I'll let you go. Yeah. Well, I'll get the well, next so round. Every now and then, Freddy needs a nap. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's doing a lot of work. Sources, as with the other two episodes, Never Sleep Again from 2010, and a fan site, A Nightmare on Elm Street Companion, where I found not just the Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont drafts of the shooting script, cool. I found Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner's original script. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. Which was- He was very excited about that. Fascinating. <laughs> really? Yes. You want to watch Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, it's everywhere. It's the same yeah. digital 4K, please, one day. Shall we talk our way through a Nightmare on Elm Street yes, part three? Yes, please. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. <laughs> <I missed> Tim. <laughs> so before we start, I'm going to talk about the Craven and Wagner screenplay. Yeah. In order to avoid confusion, I do not want a Highlander 2 situation where I'm comparing three different versions of a movie and a <laughs> fucking screenplay and Brody gets confused and can't remember which is which. Always so confused. <laughs> so today I'm going to run down what happens in the Craven and Wagner draft and then how different it is to the yeah. original movie here at the beginning. Okay. And, I'm and then we'll go through the whole And then we'll go through the whole rest of the I bet the, the first one was super prosaic. What do you mean? Like had uh, rivulets of blood and, you know, lots of wordy things like the first one. Prosaic means a completely different thing <laughs> than the way that you... It's, it's prose. It's really well written is yes. what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. so prosaic means something and like that it, it doesn't mean... It's written like so prose instead of a screen, instead of a draft. So you think that the Wes Craven version of the script was written better? Well, the first one was really like... Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. first one was really well written. Flowery. So like, yeah. I'm going to read the first page of the screenplay. Okay. Yeah. A black screen. Camera pans down until a white dome rises into frame. A woman's pregnant belly. Next moment, a tiny fetal hand tipped with nascent steel claws jabs up out of the belly and rips down, splitting the woman asunder. We hear an ungodly shriek and we see the infant, Freddy, glistening and dripping blood and percental goo rear up into frame, glaring directly into camera with blazing eyes and fierce teeth. And we zoom back with great speed through the room, out a window, zooming continuing, 
revealing as it pulls back a small ranch-style house alone in dark woods. The camera pulls up like a rocket, revealing the planet. We then plunge to black. Main titles begin as we fade up on a montage. Various large cities and a series of child missing posters, discarded milk cartons, grocery bags, all featuring photo reproductions of missing children, all teenagers. The last girl, a pretty redhead, we will see again moments later. Dissolve from this too. Exterior, two-lane blacktop, day. The ground gives off a shimmering wave of heat. An automobile enters frame. Nancy Thompson listens to the radio as she drives. She's the Nancy we remember, but a little older now. More of an adult, a woman. I want to see Baby Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So th- it's not set in Springwood. Yeah. It's set in a, a rural, unnamed place somewhere near the center of America. Yeah, so right? a spread kind it's, of thing. Well, it's where he's from. Ah. So after the opening, Nancy has a shared nightmare with this redheaded hitchhiker that ends with the hitchhiker missing and Nancy car being wrecked by the side of the road where Neil finds her at the front of a big property where there is a spooky, big spooky tree and a, and a rural ranch house. Okay. Right. He gives her a ride into town. Nancy is not a psychologist. He ends up taking her to the to the hospital where she becomes like a interny helper. Early on, Nancy asks Neil if this town has an Elm Street. He replies, doesn't every town? Which is a setup for an idea that comes back many films later. Which is amazing, right? I we find yeah, out I love this. We find out that Nancy has, is on the road searching the country for her father, who went missing five years ago. She gets hired to help the kids in the unit. Uh, and helps Kristen in the exact same way as she does in the fin- in the finished movie. And we find out that the kids in the unit, they're mostly the same characters, but they've been drawn from all over America to Freddy's house. Mm. Right. right. As was Nancy's father, who has a much bigger role. He's in the hospital. He's in the asylum, having blinded himself. And he acts as kind of a spirit guide to Nancy and the kids through the movie because he's learned so much about Freddy. Her father tells her that he went looking for Freddy after what happened to her and that Freddy is getting stronger and stronger and that he needs to be burned in the house he was born in to be stopped. It's the entrance to his nightmares in the real world. Now, this is fucking epic. Yeah. It's a much bigger movie. Yeah. One of the problems that they had with this draft is they thought it was going to be like a $20 million movie. Uh. Right. But this solves a mystery that has plagued me for my entire fucking life. As the movies go on, starting from this one, increasingly Nancy's house is referred to as Freddy's house, which it isn't. But in reading this script, I can see how from out from how it was written in Craven's script and then being rewritten by Darabont and Russell, the notion of Freddy's house being the kind of center yeah. transferred to Nancy's house and was never corrected. Right. I still get it because, like... That makes sense to you yeah, as well, right? Yeah, because that's so annoying in the other movies because it's ah. all of a sudden at Nancy's house is Freddy's house. Freddy's, and they're like, oh, Freddy's look, house. this is Freddy Krueger's house. It's like, no, it's not. It's Nancy's house. I mean, house. metaphorically, I get it. Like, because yeah, he owns that dreamscape of it. Right, but yeah, it's yeah. not, but it's it's not, not his house. Yeah. yeah, and they're not meaning it that way. They mean this is the house that Freddy Krueger lived uh, in when he was alive. Yeah. But it's not. And yeah, so this it, being okay, so they were gonna have an actual Freddy's, Freddy's house, house, but they never had an actual Freddy's house. But they kept the lore of that, and they transferred it to the imagery that they already had existing in the franchise. So does a that movie like this one ever get made? No, this is fucking epic. It is very different. We find out that Nancy needs a dream warrior to help her, 
or Dream Warriors because all of the kids help in the end. All of the kids who made it to this place and managed to stay alive are Dream Warriors. Yeah. So it's a kind of a different idea. Then the misfit kids, the fuck ups in the real world that are more at home in their dreams than they are in real life. Yeah. Which is also a really beautiful notion. Christian mm. ends up pulling Nessie into her dreams, but when she pulls you in, you disappear from the real world. Oh. Yeah. As man. opposed to just being asleep somewhere in your body, which this movie does play with a little bit as, w- as yeah. well. You also wake up somewhere different. You reappear somewhere completely, completely different, Mad. which is a cool idea. Christian actually gets led out of the hospital and goes back to school. It spends a little bit more time out of the hospital. Most of the kills are the same. The puppet kill. Best kill. The TV. Giant Snake Freddy is from the screenplay. Nancy has been also been taking hypnocil. There yeah. is a lot. There's a section of the movie where Nancy considers suicide ah. to get away from Freddy, but fears that if she kills herself that way, she will be stuck in a hell where yeah. Freddy will always have access to her. Yeah. yeah. Right? Freddy is way more extreme. He calls all the women the C word. There is no quips. He is fucking vile in this screenplay. Yeah. Like blasphemously vile in this screenplay. Isn't it like famously that he uses the term bitch and not the C word? Well, he uses the term bitch quite a a lot from this movie forward. Yeah, okay. This is his first use of it in this movie. And then it becomes one of his kind of iconic. Yeah, okay, okay phrases is to call people the the Rick and Morty episode yeah where the Freddy in that show calls everybody says bitch every sentence that he says is a parody of that the final sequence of their screenplay also has all the kids fighting Freddy in the boiler room but also we go through all of their individual dreams which we kind of get a touch of in this movie but it's more that's way more elaborate in the Craven script cool Nancy's killed is killed it's not the same way but she is killed she dies in Christian's arms who tells her that she's going to dream it to someplace beautiful, which is yeah. what happens in this movie. And that movie ends with Neil and Christian, uh, Kirsten, I'm going to say get her name right because uh, people in the movie don't get it right. We'll talk about that. Uh-huh. Neil and Kirsten and Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> it's odd. Neil and Kristen end up in Freddie's house on the night he is born. That's okay. where they end up in the dreams. And then Kirsten takes his newborn body and smashes it against a wall as Duh. the house burns in the dream and in the real world. That's fucking oh. tough. It I love ends that. with Neil and Kristen having dinner together and Neil's like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed because we find out that Kristen was successful in dreaming Nancy into someplace beautiful yeah. because she still lives in dreams. Aww. And that is the Wagner Craven screenplay it was it's a shame that that's not been made like, i know I, I really enjoyed it. it much like kind of like um highlighted too it puts the series on a different set of tracks yeah. right so you don't end up with what we end up with and i love what we end up with i wish that i could slip into a to a pocket universe where that movie exists for a day so that i could yeah. watch it but i'm happy with the universe that i live in where we got what we got what continues on is really what this is but like kind of times a couple of times like the things that happen and the aspects of everything kind of get louder and bigger right yeah yeah you'll see okay yeah is there any possibility that if say one day they do the unthinkable and remake this series well they, they already did once and it's yeah. terrible and as I said that Craven, like, Craven Estate took pictures a couple of years ago and nothing yeah. came out of it but, but if they were to remake it from scratch and could they potentially end up making this version instead of Dream Warriors? Maybe it wouldn't be the first time that it wouldn't be the first time that a series has taken something from an earlier draft of a screenplay and then put it into the the sequel. I remember I was sitting watching. Uh, I went to go see Blade Runner 
2044, mm. whatever the fuck it's called. And I was sitting in a theater. So Gosling starts with Gosling going to the, across all these farms and everything. Mm. He, he lands at a farm and he goes into a house. Yeah. And you hear soup bubbling on a stove. Yeah. And to everybody else in the theater, that was just what was happening into the movie. And to me, it was holy shit, they're doing the soup bubbling on the stove from one of Hampton French's first drafts of the original Blade Runner screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said, they had taken a pitch for Nightmare 2 that comes back later is actually yeah. like what the basis of one of the future movies is. Ah. That stuff happens. So, yeah, maybe. Because I wouldn't mind that. Wouldn't mind seeing that. that movie. Because yeah. these movies do feel very small you know what i mean they feel self-contained where this is like a big epic yeah the the thing being is that they are made by a mini studio that doesn't have the the budget of this movie is just under five million dollars that's crazy which we started at 1.8 we went to just under three and we've gone to five you can feel the increase in budget in this movie and that's it is small a big, for the it time is a bigger movie yeah it's still small wow Let's talk our way through the actual movie. Yeah. Dream <laughs> We open with a Edgar Allan Poe quote, sleep, those tiny slices of death, how I loathe them. I fucking mm-hmm. feel the same, hey. I hate sleeping. <laughs> this this will start a tradition moving forward with the Nightmare movies where we open with a quote. Yeah, So mad. all of the rest of them will from, from, from here on out. In close up, we see someone mixing up some paper mache and building a structure using uh, paddle pop sticks. This is from the Craven and Wagner script, but it's Joey building it and it happens way later in the movie. It's not the opening of the movie. Mm-hmm. The girl building it's falling asleep, so she blasts Dokken and the radio into the fire, <laughs> starts downing spoonfuls of instant coffee chased with Diet Coke. Oh, so <laughs> terrible. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how bad that is? Oh, I mean, I did things to study in year 12, but, like, that's foul. Yeah. Her mother comes in and admonishes her. It's way past one. Don't hide, Mommy. What are you still doing up? It's past one. Just thought I'd wait for you. Well, I'm home. Now you can get to sleep. Come on. On delay. She's come home from a date and her gentleman caller is making noise in the background. Mm-hmm. Tells her mother she's having those awful dreams again, but her mother has a guest and he can't be kept waiting. She ends up going to sleep and we see what she was building. She was building Nancy's house. Yeah. Not Freddy's house. Not Freddy's <laughs> house. As she sleeps... Leaves start falling, and we hear the rhyme. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, grab your crucifix. Seven, eight, better stay up late. Nine, ten, never I don't know it as well as you. <laughs> she wakes up and gets out of bed, and her bed is in the front yard of Nancy's house. Yeah with small children skipping in the yard. There's boys this time. It's the first time that there has been boys. I thought it was like this group of children. Children version of the kids that ha- he had killed. And I was like, how many is there? One, two, three, four. They're meant to be kind of representative of children he already killed. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Um, As in the original children. The original killed. children, yeah. Not, not the ones that he killed in dreams. The, the ones that he killed in real life. Yeah, the 20 kids that he killed. Before he was burnt. Now, did they keep using the front of the, the actual house? This is not the actual house. Right. It couldn't have been. No. The the palm trees would the are in tree's the wrong place. The tree's gone. The, the yeah. yeah. So this is a recreation. It's all boarded up and in disrepair. So this is a build. They yeah, built cool. the outside of the house on a, you know, in a back lot. Yeah, so, yeah. Thought so. Do they also use the real house? They don't use the real house in this Ever movie. again? I think they do, 
but not in this movie and, and not in four. Up on kind of the porch, a little girl on a tricycle asks Kristen what her name is. She says Kirsten. Hi, what's your name? Kirsten? Not Kristen. <laughs> Patricia it's... Arquette says her name wrong, her character's name wrong. <laughs> and no one picks it up. She says Kirsten, not Kristen. Maybe Kirsten's correct then. Doesn't matter. Maybe everybody else is getting it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the little girl rides. I, sp- I said I pronounced my own name wrong for like 20 years. Huh? Until my cousin told me how to pronounce it properly. What were you saying? I was saying Kira and it's Kira. Like Kiara almost. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. The little girl rides inside and Kristen follows her in and she follows the sound of the bike's bell down into the cellar. We hear the nightmare theme again. The music's back. The Oh, the music's so good. The little girl on the bike, she's got to be on like a track or something, right? Because she like turns her head so creepily as she's going in. I'm like, there's no way that little kid is doing a circle that tight and then gets through the door. No, I mean, that's just child acting. That was good. She's fucking creepy. She's a pro tricycle (laughs) (laughs) rider. Yeah. I I was going to talk about music here. So the score for this movie was composed based on Charles Bernstein's original score by Angelo Uh. Badalamenti, which is fucking wild to me. He's a legend. Most well known for working with David Lynch. He scored pretty much every David Lynch movie. Wow. Okay. Including... Twin Peaks, drink, <laughs> which is probably one of the most iconic television scores of all time. Oh, yeah. So he did the score as well as all the music, like what, to the movie? What do you mean as uh, well uh, as uh, the music? Like the all score the, as well as the music. The score is generally <laughs> the music. Not just like the actual like bits where the there's a song coming on, but like all the little like stings and everything throughout the movie. That's what score is. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, so he did all of that. All of the score. It yes. was fucking really good. It was yeah, really it creepy. It is. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So off track. <laughs> I was going to talk about Audrey's dance so that I can mention Cheryl and Fenn swoon, but you know, we'll just skip all past that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Kristen finds the little girl and the little girl says, This is where it takes us. Which makes sense if it's Freddy's house, but it's mm. not Freddy's house. It's, it's Nancy's, Nancy's house. house. Yeah. Yeah. The furnace starts up and the little girl tells us, Freddy's home. Um, yeah. That was fucking mad. Yeah. This is the where like Chuck Russell and Darabont and are taking the imagery from Craven and pulling it forward into the third movie. Whereas in the second movie, we only got the skipping and the rhyme once this movie very much wants to use all that iconography all the way through. And that will continue through the, through the sequels. Kristen picks up the little girl and runs through a maze of hallways and spaces. She gets stuck in thick black tar quickstand, Mm. which is, which is kind of a callback to the sticky stairs. And then Freddie is just there. He's just, comes around a corner running yeah. with his with glove raised, ready to strike. It, you can feel the increase in budget. This movie also just looks incredible. It's yeah. a really good looking movie. The movie was shot by Roy H. Uh, Wagner. He studied under Ansel Adams. So the, the okay. famous photographer. Yeah. The photography of this movie is way above the level. It's really, really should good. Be. There's lots of low angles as well that makes yeah. you feel like really scared of Freddy. Mm-hmm. Kristen escapes just in time, but ends up in a room full of hanging children. Yeah, that was fucking tough too. Which is pretty fucked up. And then there's the little girl is a black skeleton. Yeah. 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 Fuck. 
And then she wakes up. Kristen goes into the bathroom and the tap grabs her hand. Mm. Freddy appears in the mirror. That's a kind of cool effect because that's all in camera, right? So they're just, it's like a two-way mirror and then they're just. Oh, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, so it's just like a two-way. So you've, originally you see her and then they do some type of effect to the mirror so that it could, could be like a Pepper's Ghost kind of situation where, you, where the reflection and then they turn on a light and then suddenly you can see Freddy yep, on the other yep, side of yep. it. The other tap sprouts blades and then slashes Christian's wrists. Yeah. In the real world, her mother comes into the bathroom and she has cut her wrist with a razor in her sleep. Mm. And that is a hell of an opening for this movie. Yeah, it was really strong. Yeah. It was really, really strong. Mm. I was immediately like, so is she another sleepwalker? Is she going to be controlled? I didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah, you have no idea. Nah. Yeah, that's kind of so much fun. The rules do get a little funky about the sleepwalkers because like, I, from the second one, I was like, oh, doesn't he control sleepwalkers? Ignore the second movie. Yeah, As yeah. I said to you, they take nothing except for except for Springwood <laughs> yeah. and what was one other thing? The, red, the door. red Door. They're the only things that follow f- forward from the second yeah. movie. second movie is essentially retconned. Like I said, went in, to, went in with a bit of Freddy fatigue and then all in by the end of this opening scene. Mm-hmm. At Western Hills a psychiatric hospital. Orderly Max is listening to a portable radio in the hall. It's a news report about local suicides. Max is Larry Fishburne. Larry Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne is in this movie. Lawrence fucking Fishburne is in this movie. I actually knew about this credit. There was some, something famous where like, this is the only time he's been referenced as Larry. And then he went back to Lawrence. Well, he's, he's Larry in apocalypse now. Oh, I think you told me that actually. Yeah. So he's obviously Morpheus in the matrix. Yeah. The Bowery King in John Wick movies and like a million other things. He's one of his early roles. He kind of disappears from the back half of the movie. I wish he had something to do at the end of the movie. Yeah. Because he's kind of protective of the kids as we'll, as we'll find out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He runs into Neil and offers a theory as to why so many kids are killing themselves. Fucked up chromosomes, man. Think about it. All their parents dropped acid during the 60s. Well, being Sims theory, she thinks it's nothing but sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Shit. That's what keeps people alive. He's kind of right. It is his parents' fault. Neil tells him that it's better than Dr. Sims theory, that it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, and Max is like, shit, that's what keeps people alive. <laughs> fucking Sims, man. She's oh, worse than yeah. Ratchet. <laughs> she is very Ratchet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We follow Neil through the ward as he talks to a few of the kids. Uh, Taryn, she looks kind of rough like she hasn't slept. Jennifer, she wants her smoking privileges back. She has burns in menthol, regular, and ultralight. (laughs) (laughs) Philip, uh, very briefly, and then Neil checks in on Kincaid, who is in the quiet room, a part of the room that they use to cool down kids. He ends up talking to Dr. Sims, who's played by Priscilla Pointer. She was a Broadway legend. She fucking killed it in this. I hated her so much. Oh, yeah, totally. She started yeah. acting in the 1940s. Whoa. She is still alive. She's amazing. Yeah, she's- How old is she now? She's like, she's 100, I think. She's 99 or 100. Yeah, she yeah she killed this, and even the little bit bit of warmth they give her a little bit later, it's just like oh, not so not much. really. No, Neil is concerned about a report on their new staff member. Oh, what do you think? Frankly, I don't understand why some grad school superstar is being treated like a seasoned pro. She's been doing groundbreaking research on pattern nightmares. Elizabeth. We don't need any outside help. I know these kids. I don't want some hot shot taking chances with them just so she can get published. Do you feel like he got on board with her a bit quick? This movie does a lot of things real quick. Yeah. Because it okay. is a 90-minute movie. Sure. Yeah. It does, yeah, it moves so quick. I do love it. They are called via the PA to respond to an emergency. 
It's Kristen. She went nuts when they tried to sedate her. She kicks Neil in the nuts <laughs> yeah. when he tries to inject her with a needle, grabs a scalpel and slashes Max's wrist, um, arm, sorry. She doesn't fuck about. No, she's like yeah. vicious. And she starts repeating the rhyme. When she gets to the end, she trails off and then Nancy finishes it. Sleep again. Such a cold intro. I so love that. Yeah. She takes the scalpel from her. Uh, Kristen lets her take it and then asks where she learnt the rhyme. And Kristen just hugs her. I'm surprised that the doctors don't have more questions for her about how she knew the end of that rhyme. Because she's yeah. like, oh, the, the, it's a rhyme the kids use, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, but you just met these kids. So you're like, I would have follow-up questions to that if I was someone who was studying these kids, who yeah. Yeah. these particular kids. Oh, it turns out there must be kids elsewhere that use yeah. this rhyme they in order for you to know it. <laughs> well, this is a movie about adults not listening to children when the children are telling them that something is wrong. Mm. But she's another adult. Up. True. I love how the core aspect, I feel like the first two, the core aspect was like, it was about burgeoning sexuality and mm-hmm. like going through puberty and things like that. And also that struggle of dealing with adults and being able to communicate with them. But I feel like that with the adults kind of became the main one where the other two, where the burgeoning sexuality and puberty was the, the forefront of it. Mm. And it's totally twisted. I really love how it's just... The dynamic changed. Outside, Neil and Nancy talk. Nancy wants to know about the kids on the unit. Well, they're survivors in a way. They're all severely sleep disordered. Insomnia, narcolepsy, bedwetting. But the nightmares are the common thread. Right. They, they seem to share a group delusion, a, a boogeyman, for lack of a better word. They're so traumatized, they'll do almost anything not to sleep. Anything? We lost a kid about a month ago to Fairview. I don't know where he got the razors, but he cut off his own eyelids to stay awake. Oh, God. Shook the kids up pretty badly. Does that work? No. I don't know. If you don't have eyelids. People sleep with their eyes open. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, our son sometimes sleeps with his eyes open. (laughs) I guess maybe you just get used to it. Yeah. Is that like a... I thought that was maybe a reference to the other script where the dad took his eyes out. Yeah, it could be just be they took yeah that the, that idea and then he tells her that she did a great job with Kristen, and she tells him that she has some experience with pattern nightmares. <laughs> she has to go, but as she leaves, she drops her bag and a bottle of pills rolls out of it. Neil clocks it as hypnocell. He asks her about the rhyme, and yeah, Nancy says it's something the kids say to keep the boogeyman away. And then after she is gone, Neil spots Chekhov's nun watching him mm. from down the way. And then when he tries to get a better look at her, at her, she just disappears. Because in, I know number two, we're not taking number two, but number two, it said that she went crazy, right? In the house, yeah. Yeah. So do, is the kind of idea that she had a period where she kind of went to a psychiatric I think thing? think this movie is completely ignoring what happened in two. Right. No, okay, she okay. grew up and went to university and studied sleep. Right. Sleep patterns and yeah. Okay. So it's not like they used hypnocil to fix her and like, because I was like, why is it still? No, uh, it seems like something that her and her doctor have figured out. Yeah, cool. Okay. Yep. They try to get it too late. They sh- she should have arrived with hypnocil. Just bring, a, bring <laughs> yeah. it. Spring samples. 
Max gives Nancy the 25 cent tour. We meet Philip properly. Call him the walk. Why is that? Because I sleepwalk. Perfectly normal event that our illustrious staff loves to theorize about endlessly. Philip, this is Nancy. Hi. Welcome to the snake pit. Thanks. Nice work. They really ought to be carved out of wood, but they won't let me have a knife. I might, you know. The puppets are great. Uh, they so really then, are. They're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he is rooming with Kincaid. And Do we know who made the pu- pu- puppets? Uh, they're just made by production. There's somebody on production. Oh, yeah, wasn't I any, It wasn't any of the cool people that we know. I don't think it's anybody who's a name that you would remember, but clearly they're made with a lot of craft. Yeah. yeah. Under the supervision of the of the special effects team, who I'll talk a little bit more la- about later. Cool. Is it um, just me as well, or is Kincaid... Not the fucking best name. Kincaid's and like was used great. heaps in the 80s. Yeah. 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 I love that last name. So Max tells Nancy to take a good look at him because Kincaid gets thrown into the cool room so often that she won't see a lot of him. <laughs> yeah. I love Max and Kincaid's banter with each other. Right. I do it so I don't have to look at your ugly face all the time. Yeah, I love you too. Nice meeting you. Max tells Nancy that they're good kids but they are dangerous. And then in a hallway, Joey, a kid with a tear drawn under one eye watches a nurse it goes away later it's just drawn on oh it's not a <laughs> he's a child he's a child <laughs> right he's true, drawn true, it true. on his face <laughs> to express his feelings <laughs> i thought it was like the prison thing i'm so dumb <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> oh shit watches a nurse as she wheels a cart the nurse says hello to him and he waves, but then he looks sad as another orderly comes over along to help her. And we will later find out that Joey, of course, doesn't talk. Mrs. Parker, was Kristen acting any different? Did you notice anything strange before she made the attempt? Kristen specializes in strangeness. I've spent thousands on psychiatrists. Did she always have nightmares? No, they've gotten worse since I took away your credit cards. <laughs> She's fucking dismissive as fuck. Nancy goes upstairs to get Kristen's things because the maid doesn't answer when the mother shrieks for her. Yeah. And then upstairs, Nancy finds the model of the house that she grew up in. Imagine imagine that, man. Imagine, yeah, that would freak you out. Yeah, right? that would freak you out. <laughs> but you get the sense that Nancy knows you know, Nancy knows what's going on already. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Like, she's there for a purpose. Like, she knows that shit's she's, been going bad. She's trying to do yeah. work. but like, Well, she's already heard her singing the Freddie song, the Freddy so she song, knows yeah. that this is a Freddie situation, yeah. not just any nightmare situation. But, like, the idea of, like, Freddie's basing around the home that he fucked your life up in, you know what I mean? Which I think is a good idea if you yeah. don't then turn that into his house. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Neil... Looks up Hypnosil on a computer. Is he on early internet or a Usenet? Medical Usenet? I don't know. It's I thought he was looking up her. No, he looks up Hypnosil. Oh, right. It's 1987. How does he do that? Oh, right. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, the internet isn't. Early internet is available, right? Usually Usenets, which are smaller smaller okay. networks. Is that kind of like the intranet? Kind of like an intranet. Kind of like right. Intranet. Yeah. So he might, yeah, okay, so he's a doctor maybe. Yeah, but, just spend but it's belief. just like, so watching this movie in 2023, you just go, oh, he looks up hypnocillin. Yeah. But how is he doing that? <laughs> <laughs> he looks it up on a computer. Yeah. Which is what happens in movies now. Even. But it didn't happen in 1987. <laughs> even more dumb 
because it's me. I thought he was re- researching her, and it's like, how would you do that on a person back then? No, he looks up hypnotism. They don't have fucking Facebook <laughs> to go, where you been lately? He finds out that it's an experimental uh, drug not yet approved by the FDA for dream suppression mm. that's used on psychotics. That night, Christian draws the house to try and stay awake, but she can't. The door to her room opens and a red trike trailing blood from its wheels comes in on its own and melts on it the floor so as we hear children screaming. It was really, really good. It's great. And how did they do that? Well, that's just um, that's a little bit of stop motion photography. Oh. Yeah, it's stop motion and probably similar to the way they did the, the meltdown for Freddy's head. Yeah. Where it's like built to melt, right? So right. they just apply heat to it and then it and then it slowly slowly dissolves. I wonder if it was like a working wax trike, you know what I mean? It's probably a replacement. That's what I thought. Yeah, it yeah, was a cut. Or these days it's made of cake. Because <laughs> um, everything's cake. <laughs> Look, it's cake. When Kristen backs out of the room, the door to her room slams. And she is in Nancy's house. Yeah, that was clean. Yeah, all this stuff of where you go through a door and you end up somewhere else mm. is the shit that I love in Nightmare. And it really only starts to be introduced in this in this movie. She walks into the dining room of the house. Again, completely different layout. The inside of this house yeah. looks nothing like the house in two or, or one. It was a lounge in two in that room. Now it's a dining room yeah. with a table yeah. where there is a suckling pig on the table. That pig jumping fucking got me a little. Yeah, the pig goes. <laughs> so they were going to build a pig, but it was going to cost them like 30 or 40 grand to yeah. build like a- What do you mean? To build the pig. For the, like an animatronic one. Well, like a makeup, like an effects pig. Sure, right? sure, sure, sure. And then they were like, why don't we just get a pig? So that's a real pig that was, ro- uh, that was roasted. Apparently it smelled so fucking bad. Yeah. There is a special effects man with his hand up uh, and inside into the head to make it. Fuck, I'd do uh, it to work on that film. No. Yeah. Kristen ends up in a kind of like a, a, a room that is, will become typical of types of rooms that we will see that's just like a random room. Yeah. A, it's kind of red and there's a rug on the floor. There's something under it making it move and it chases her around the room. This fucking dope. It goes up the wall and starts cracking plaster and making the light yeah. spark. And then after a moment of quiet, something erupts from the floor beneath her, swallowing her legs and raising her up into the, to the air from the screenplay. The creature is a gigantic serpent slash worm version of Freddy, ribbed and organic, encrusted with mucus and slime. Mm. It slams her to the ground and then tries to swallow her whole. Yeah. Like, a, like an anaconda. Most of this is reverse photography. So she's already in there and ah. then they're, they're pulling it off of her. Right. It because that makes sense. Yeah. Originally, the creature was uh, flesh colored. And when Chuck Russell went to the workshop, to have a look at it. It looked like a big dick. It looks like a massive dick. Yep. Massive yep. dick with a face. I thought that was an intentional thing, and then I was like, nah, it's just a snake. So they recolored it green. Yeah. So that it didn't look so flesh-like. Smart. And then, yeah, so returning to effects on this movie was Mark Showstrom, who I talked about previously. He worked on number one and two. Uh, he also had a partner, first-timer, Peter Chesney, who was responsible for the man- mechanical effects like this. Yeah. He's another guy that has a crazy credit list, Peter Chesney. He worked on... Bill and Ted, the original Bill and Ted, Dope. Pet Cemetery, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Ah. I love that movie. Young Guns 2, a bunch of Coen Brothers movies, all the way from like Miller's Crossing through to No Country for Old Men, including okay. Le- Lebowski. Yeah, man. Um, he worked with Wes Craven on People Under the Stairs. 
We saw that one recently. We watched, which we watched for our for Have Halloween you seen that this one? year. Nah. Oh, it's so good. I'm not a big Wes Craven person. I know he's amazing, but I haven't seen much. I really liked it. Are we doing that one on the pod? Is that on the list? Oh uh, yeah, probably down the line somewhere. Yeah. So Kira hadn't seen People Under Stairs. It's from it's a Craven movie from 1990 that I really really like. I hadn't seen it in a very long time, and it held up. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Real fucked up. Mad. Like, okay. Real weird. <laughs> yeah, okay. Really weird. Yeah. Good time. Good. I think you'd like. Really. It. Yeah. Okay. Chesney also worked on Tremors too. And he's still working. Dope. Still has credits. It's up Drummers. to 2023. Fuck yeah. Kristen calls for Nancy, who hears her while she is awake. Yeah. She falls and collapses through a chair. Also and clean. then is in the dream. Yeah, it's just to dissolve. Yeah. It's so clever. It was so clean. All the effects, like even the ones that like technically probably wouldn't be too hard to do. They are just clean and on point. Yeah, there's a, there is a polish to this movie that doesn't exist in the first and second movie. Yeah. And that polish exists, A, because it's the third movie in a series, but B, because they have more, they've got more money. Right, so I assumed it was because Wes was back. Well, Wes is not involved. Right. Wes, right. Wes wrote yeah. a screenplay, wrote a draft of a screenplay and then walked away to make another make another movie. Okay. He's not involved in the production of the movie. Has he ever said what he thinks of the final product of this one? Uh, I think he likes it more than he likes some of the other sequels. Yeah. He is not fond of any of the sequels, really. Oh, really? Yeah, he, yeah absolutely. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. I mean, he's not involved in the other ones, right? Yeah. Except his yeah. one. When it goes through the floor, so good. Was that just like... Underneath the carpet, you reckon, and just like yeah. running something underneath Similar it. Similar to Tremors, right? There's a there's a pit. Yeah, underneath, right? right. And then it just comes up over the top, over the top of her. Over, she's standing. She's already standing on like a little platform thing. Yeah. That is inside the that's yes yes, that's yes, yes in yeah. the mouth, and then it, and then when it breaks through and. Even like speaking about how clean it is, even the way it runs up the wall is just so perfect and it goes behind the bookshelf and it's not like the bookshelf bursts open, just like a couple of books rattle yeah. and then it continues on the other side. So it's the, just so clean. The set is built for that to work, mm. right? So the effect is built into the set. So it's always planned that that's how that, that's what's going to happen. It's perfect. Do you reckon it's all one thing that just runs along uh, and yeah, it just it's probably, like pops out? Yeah, it's probably just as uh, like a, I, I imagine that it's something pushing and then it's just... Yeah. Fuck, imagine resetting that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why people don't do this shit anymore. Yeah. That's one of the things. Like one of the things that in um especially in horror cinema, horror cinema almost exclusively exclusively uses like visual effects blood these days. Yeah. Because you have to clean up all the blood. <laughs> you have to reset the makeup. Interesting. It takes hours. So the faster thing to do is to do something like a wall break. A what? Uh, w- that wall break. Oh yeah, right, yeah. Is to do it in visual effects. Because then That's a shame. Because then if you do it practically, somebody's going to come and reset it and clean it all up. It takes hours. Uh, time is time is money. This looks this age so well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll take this over that any day. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Nancy stabs the creature to get to get it to let go of Kristen with a with a piece of broken mirror or piece of broken glass, and it rears back and looks at her and says, "Oh my god," <laughs> which is. Fucking amazing, especially because it is a giant animatronic yeah. Freddy head that looks incredible. Yeah. yeah. I, and like, I don't know, I couldn't get a read on it. It's like, is it excitement or like anger that she's back? Both. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, he like gets you're another, my favorite nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I get to have another go at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they both wake up and Nancy has a cut on her hand from the piece of mirror mm. because we've got to reestablish that you get hurt there. Yeah. You get hurt in the real world. Kristen is waiting for Nancy in her office the next day. Was that ever a thing in any 
like any of the culture or media at all that if you get hurt in dreams, you get hurt in real life before this? No, that's where this is from. I love that. It's everywhere now. Nancy's like, I used to live in this house. <laughs> Christian's <laughs> like, it's just a house that I dream about. Nancy asks her if she ever brought someone else into her dreams and Kristen talks about how when she was a when little was girl. When I was a little girl, like four or five, if I had a nightmare, I'd always bring my dad in. Dreams would always get better. He used to tell me about it the next day. He used to think they were his dreams. <laughs> when did that stop? When I was still a kid. My folks got divorced. And after a while, I just thought I imagined the whole thing. But I guess I didn't. I love that. That's just such a good touch. So cool. And then she asks Nancy if the man in her dreams is real. Mm. And he is. He's very real. In group, real talk only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real I love talk that. only in here. Yeah, I love that face. That's how we should start D&D. &D. <laughs> real talk only in here. Fake talk only in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the whole cast of kids is there, as well as Nancy, Sims, and Neil. Nancy meets the other kids who are on the ward. Hi, I'm Will Stanton, and um, I've had a little accident, as you can see. Ended up in this chair. Accident my ass. I thought you said this was supposed to be straight talk in here. Hey, so he took a jump. At least he wasn't sticking needles in his arm with a bunch of low lives. Save it, Kincaid. Jennifer? Um, I'm Jennifer Caulfield. And um, as soon as I get out of here, I'm going to Los Angeles to be an actress. I'm going to be on TV. Yeah, lifestyle of the rich and psychotic. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> um, this is Joey. He used to be a debater in school, but now he doesn't talk much. This was such a quick and good way to introduce them and all of them. Yeah. I like yeah. that, they, that all of them have such different yeah. like characteristics and like they're all such strong characters because yeah. it could have easily just been Kristen and a bunch of random kids yeah, or very similar kids, but they're all very different and like you could base a movie about around any one of them. Any one yeah. of them could be the hero. Yeah. 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 Even, even so in a second, I'm going to talk about Philip. Philip is like super strong. And he's the first one to go. Yeah. Go on. I was yeah. so surprised when he goes. Yeah. Also the dynamic as well. It feels like yeah. they've been living with each other for a while. You know yeah, what I mean? They've yeah. They've got good chemistry. Yeah. We find out that Taryn's only here because she, because it beats Juvie Hall and because she's going through some strange shit, her mm. dreams. Uh, Philip then interjects and he says to save us some time. Well, according to our kind hosts, our dreams are a group psychosis, sort of a mellow mass hysteria. The fact that we all dreamt about this guy before we ever met doesn't seem to impress anybody. That's right. So we go in circles, making minimal progress with maximum effort. He's speaking the fucking truth. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's great. I really wish that I really wish that Philip was in the movie more. Yeah. Like, a because he makes like cool fucking puppets, and B because uh, I think that that's such a strong introduction to that character. I yeah. think he's also one of the best actors out of the kids. He might be, yeah. yeah. There is, I mean, they're all they're all young. They're yeah, similar to Heather Langkamp in the first movie. Sometimes they're a little green. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's that's fine. That's what yeah. happens when you cast kids? So, How old are they, actors wise? Uh, they'll be they'll all be pretty close to twenty. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like at this era there wasn't like a culture of like. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like. Like young kid actors that were really, really good. You don't well. You can't cast teens because they can only work 
like four hours a day. Where like now, like all the really young actors is like they make it because they're fucking like amazing yeah. actors. I think back in like sort of the eighties, nineties, a lot of the time there'd be like that one kid that's in everything, like Macaulay Culkin and yeah. Dakota Fanning and actors like that. Devin that Sawa. Yeah. And they're just like that's the child actor that you've seen yeah. from when they were like three and they're in every movie that needs a child until they're a teenager and, and then they get an and then Hollywood gets a new one. Like, and now like if they're in Disney when they were younger, they like get all the roles now. Yeah. 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 Whereas yeah, now there's that now there's a lot more of them. Yeah. You couldn't make this movie with the amount of effects work that's in this movie, the subject material, you couldn't make this with real t- with real teenagers. True. Because they wouldn't have been able to work the hours. And also like parents are not gonna let their kids be in this movie. True. Sims tells him you won't make any progress until you recognize your dreams for what they are and what are they the byproducts of guilt psychological scars stemming from moral conflicts and overt sexuality oh great mass my dick is killing me <laughs> yeah it's fucking sims i mean but it is very uh, you know and i it seems to be the thing the drum that i keep banging on but uh reagan's america <laughs> yeah it's the sex yeah it's the sex that's ruining everything and I mean, like, there is an element the of it that is true, but also not in the way that Sims is talking about it. Not even, not even close. That night, Taryn and Joey are playing not D and D. Yeah. In the name of Lorik, Prince of Elves, demon be gone. Good. Conquer the demon. But your horse is sinking in the bog. What do you do? I go to bed. And get a new horse in the morning. I like that they play it, that she's playing along. Like, because yeah. she clearly isn't really that interested in the no. game, but like she's doing it to, to placate There's the boys. There's a bond there. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. 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 Max comes in and tells him it's lights out and he helps Will get into bed. Will complains that as soon as they get a good game going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as soon as Max is gone, Will and Joey. Okay, you get first shift to me. Oh, come on. I had it last night. Good. Just remember, keep your eyes open and one whimper and you wake me up, okay? So clearly it has worked for a little while. Yeah, these kids are keeping themselves alive, yeah. right? Neil and Nancy have dinner together at the best Thai place in Springwood. It's probably the only Thai place in Springwood. I love that. Neil asks Nancy about her parents. We find out that Nancy's mother is dead, that she died in her sleep. Yeah, or she, being the, pulled through a door. Yeah, well... That yeah. yeah. Well, we don't know. Again, well, I, I assume that she died that when we saw her die, die in, the, in, movie, in the bed, in the and that the other thing oh, that happened yeah. isn't real. Oh, yeah, yeah, the other yeah. thing. Yeah, because clearly Nancy's still alive, and I that, totally forgot she died in the bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and just the being pulled through the door is so visual. Yeah. Does that mean that Johnny Depp is still walking around and Tina and Rod? They were oh. all in that car at the end of the, yeah. end of the movie. I think that no, because it's a dream. It's a dream. Yeah, I assumed it was her dream after now, right? I guess so. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, true. It's it's not held in continuity. This movies mm. don't give a fuck. Yeah, well, they can't kind of respect it. it. At the end of the, at the end of the movie, they're gonna tease. Don't worry about it. He'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I think Can't she did. I think her mum did die when we saw her die in the bed. In that the bed. makes the most sense, yeah. Especially because she said she died in her sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy tells Neil that the kids are in real physical danger from their dreams. And he thinks that the dreams are just a symptom of the real problem. Well, she's like, well, why don't we remove the symptom? Hypnosil. Mm. He warns her that dream deprivation is nothing to fall around with and that even she shouldn't be taking this experimental drug. 
Mm. Um, and then she tells him that she used to be like them. She wasn't just like them. She dreamed the same. It's like she could have helped this process. And it's like, I also dreamt about Freddie and maybe left out a few things. But is Neil going to believe her? Yeah. I mean, she knew the rhyme. Yeah, but it, Neil goes on a journey. Neil goes True. on an arc, right, to yeah. believing. Yeah. <laughs> Justice for Neil. Oh wait, he he does survive. He yeah. does survive. Yeah, no, it does seem like they like they do know that they get it that the kids are having issues because of their dreams. It would be a smart idea to maybe just get rid of the dreams for a short period of time yeah, to get the kids hell. some sleep. That's if, what if, they would do now, though. Yeah, because they always always say in these movies they always say, "Oh, you'll feel better if you just get some sleep." Well, maybe they would get some sleep if you could stop their dreams. Yeah, then they would get some sleep, and then you would see that that just doesn't solve anything. Listen to <laughs> them. Okay. I've expressed my distaste for Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. Right? And I'm going to spoil Freddy vs. Jason for yeah, you because please. we're never going to watch that fucking movie. You can watch it in your own free time. <laughs> yeah. In Freddy vs. Jason, it's been like 10, 15 years since Freddy was, Freddy was a problem in Springwood. Yeah. And every single kid in Springwood is on Hypnosil. Ah. <laughs> but the, but like, so the parents are dosing the kids every morning with Hypnosil and the kids don't, and the kids don't know. Ah, which is shit. like the one good idea that is in that movie. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. In Philip and Kincaid's room, <laughs> one of the puppets starts moving on its own. Oh, it, this is so good. Its featureless face transforms into tiny Freddy face. I oh. want a tiny Freddy Freddy puppet. puppet. It was so good. Did he, they did they make Freddy puppets as, no. as merchandise for this film? No, they should have though. They absolutely should have. He cuts himself loose with his tiny little razor hand. He's so cute. And then runs around. Oh, that would be so good to have. You're right. That right? would be sick. Yeah. yeah. It probably it's probably not quite full size, but yeah. yeah it's so stop motion. Freddie then grows to full size. Just mm. pretty bad optical of like they took a still and they just blew it up. Yeah, I wish there was more small Freddy. Like I wish I he wish ran around, more. did shit. But yeah. you know how expensive it is to do that, yeah. do that shit. Back but then? he's so cute. <laughs> you want a tiny pocket Freddy? I really do. Okay. That's it's you be in all your tiny nightmares. Yeah. He was fucking menacing small though, he really was. Yeah, but cute menacing. <laughs> full size Freddy slices Philip's arms and legs and then uses his arteries to puppet him. This yeah, was this fucking is, horrifying. Yeah. I loved it. It goes from, oh, how cute, to, oh, ow. Yeah, and I love the idea that it's not, it, it's his dreams, so he's being puppeted and he's in terrible, agonising pain. Yeah. But it's just like, for everyone else, he's just like, so when he's sleepwalking, he's being tortured every fucking night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that. For this movie, Kevin Yeager for Nightmare 2 only did Freddy's makeup, took over all of the special effects makeup for this movie. So it was kind of a promotion for him. He got the whole whole show, so this is his work. <gasps> when it's tearing out of his arms and his feet, yeah. holy fuck. It's yeah. so good. In the real world, yeah, he's sleepwalking. Kincaid says to him, have a nice stroll, asshole. Yeah. Philip struggles against Freddy as he walks him through the ward past a nurse that is paying no attention. No attention. The nurse doesn't even look up. And then, When you work in a slack ward, <laughs> <laughs> for children. you should really pay attention to your patients. Yeah. yeah. Especially if one's a fucking sleepwalker. Yeah. He then goes through a wall. He phases through a wall. Yeah. Joey spots him on the tower of the building through a window. He wakes up Will. Joey goes to the nurse grabs a tray and then starts banging it on all the doors to wake up all the other kids. They all watch and scream as Freddy cuts Philip loose from the top of the tower and he falls to his, to his death. Yeah. I really thought they were going to save him, but it was fucking good. Yeah. It's great. That's a high jump for, you reckon it was a stunt man? Yeah, of course. Cause you see the arms fail. Yeah. Flail. 
That was a that was a fucking a high, high jump. It's yeah. a high fall. Yeah, yeah. It's, a good, it's a good piece of stunt work. Yeah. In group, Neil wants to talk about what happened last night. He wasn't strong enough, so he got wasted. That's all. That's all. Is that what you think? He couldn't hack it, so he got nailed. Period. Oh yeah. The group argues, and then Kristen warns them that this is what he wants to divide them. Mm-hmm. And then Sims tells them that Philip's death was a sleepwalking accident. And then Will's like, Oh, I could see him up there. His face. He was wide awake. All the way down. Well, then it was suicide. Taryn says, no, it was murder. Mm. It escalates with the kids getting kind of more and pissed, pissed off and pissed off that nobody believes them. And then Sim tells them, From now on, your doors will be locked during sleeping hours. We'll start a policy of evening sedation for everybody. The fuck you will? Anybody tries drugs on me, get his ass kicked. Neil, panicking and fearing for his kids, tells Sims that he's going to prescribe hypnosil. Yeah. Yeah. Sims can't believe it. And then he says to her that he'll go around her to Carver, who we assume is the head of the hospital, and resign if she won't agree. And she relents, but tells him that it's his responsibility. And yeah. then Neil to Nancy is like, I hope you know what, what you're doing. Fucking, can I just say, Kincaid, he should have fought harder. He was fighting rightfully so, but like, oh, yeah. I, he should have gone fucking rampage. Like, mm-hmm. imagine if you're being cornered, like, and you know, mm. if you fall asleep, you're going to be fucking killed. Like, and they're going to sedate you. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm. I'm taking out Lawrence Fishburne if that's possible. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't think it is. No, I don't think <laughs> At it least is. giving it a good go. Yeah. In the quiet room, he's trying to fight off sleep as he sings, ain't going to dream no more, no more. Mm. Jennifer is in the TV room watching television. Max comes in. I feel so bad for Max. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Because yeah. he likes He his would day. put this on his conscience, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he comes in and tells her that she's got to go to sleep. She begs him to let her stay. Please. I can't handle the nightmare. Not after Philip. Not tonight. Okay. But I never saw you. That just sucks for Max. Yeah. I mean, obviously it sucks for her because she dies, but like... But like you he know obviously that it, cares. Yeah, he obviously cares about the kids and he and he was trying to be nice and as a result one of yeah. his kids dies. Like that mm. sucks for him. The sleazy orderly, Lorenzo, offers Taryn the keys to heaven for the night. What? The dispensary. I am talking clean pharmaceutical high, a night at club meth. I don't do that shit. Yeah. What are those? Beauty marks? Those are ancient history. Oh yeah? <laughs> Well, if you're ever in the mood for a history lesson, I'm your teacher, understand? Stay out of my face, or I'll go straight to Max. Oh, yeah? Now, who's going to take the word of a crazy junkie chick like you? Fuck off! How old are they meant to be? They're meant to be teenagers, teenagers, so like 17, Fucking 16, creep. 17. Yeah. yeah. Jennifer keeps herself awake by putting out cigarettes on her hand. Clever. And also fucked up. Yeah, yeah, but clever. Like, if your alternative is Freddie, like, yeah, and now like they're not hi- on hypnosil yet, are they? No, so the hypnosil won't won't come until the next night. Yeah, yeah. so they've got this one night where where they're trying not to sleep. Yeah, and I I just like the cigarettes being used because that scene earlier where it's like she doesn't have her cigarette privileges. Regular mental ultralights. Yeah. yeah, she flips to the Dick Cavett show. Do you guys know who Dick Cavett is? I know the name. So he's a real guy. That's he had a real talk show in the in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> He's interviewing Jaja Gabor. Silly thing to ask you, but how many of what did they have to kill? Don't make- say that because 
someone, I love animals, and I've seen animal shelters. I bought it already red with black in it, so I didn't know what it oh, was. Oh, probably from an artificial bird. <laughs> Did you ever go to any kind of acting school? Not in the beginning. I know this person. She's an actress, an actress and, and, and model, and she's kind of a little bit of a joke person because she was so, like, fabulous and over the top with her fur. Yeah. So apparently the legend is is that they got Dick Cavett to be in the movie and they said to Dick Cavett, who do you want to be interviewing on the show? And he said, Jaja Gabor, because he would never have her on the show because he thinks that she's an absolute idiot. Ah, right. <laughs> it's also our first celebrity cameos in these movies. Ah, there's more? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Cavett turns into Freddy. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Certainly. Who gives a fuck what you think? And slashes at Gabor, and then the TV statics out. Jennifer hears children screaming through the static, and then she tries to change the channel by turning the dials because it's an old school TV mounted yeah. up on a, on a Also, wall. the remote she's holding is so fucking wild and yeah, thick. Know, right? I've never <laughs> seen that before. Crazy. Hey, at least it hasn't got a cord that goes to the TV. <laughs> I've heard about that. We had one of those. <laughs> um, I've never seen one of those. So strange. <laughs> yeah. You just have it like a video game control, old video game controller. Yeah. Like it runs to the lounge. <laughs> I've heard about that, but like yeah. also so annoying. Yeah. Mechanical Freddy arms pop out of the TV. Yeah. Grab her and lift her up. Freddy's head pops out. He's got TV antenna on top of yeah. his head. <laughs> this is a big break in TV. Welcome to prime time, bitch. The shot of her with the big exploded burnout on the wall and oh, her. Which is in a second, yeah. Yeah, and her head and shoulders in the TV. Oh, so fucking good. So England rewrote that line based on what was in the script. So the welcome to primetime bitch. Yeah. It becomes iconic. Like that's an iconic it line so in, the, in the series. So when he pop his head pops out, it's an animatronic head. And then, yeah, and then it's a makeup effect on Freddie, on Robert England as he says the lines. Yeah, Max comes in to find her with her head in the TV. I'm glad you enjoyed that shot. That shot always makes me laugh because the TV is real high up on the wall. Yeah. So how did she get up there? But that's a <laughs> lot of things. Did she run and jump? <laughs> that's a lot of things with Freddie's desk. Like it's impossible for them to be able to do that to themselves. Yeah. 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 yeah there's one in four. That's great. It, it it was kind of funny to look at, but also horrifying. You know, you, it's just head and shoulders inside a TV. Yeah. Neil watches, we assume that it's Jennifer's funeral. It could be Philip's funeral. It could be both of their funerals mm. at the same time from a distance in a, in a graveyard. The nun he saw comes up to talk to him and tells him that he shouldn't be afraid of his grief and then asks him what faith he follows. Science, I suppose. Sad choice. There are times when it doesn't offer much comfort. This movie takes a big turn towards towards yeah. the importance of belief and faith. But it does say in the rhyme to get a cross or something, doesn't it? What is Grab that? your crucifix. Grab your crucifix. Yeah, it, it, but it's also like a trademark of Darabont's work. Oh. Darabont uses a lot of like religious stuff in, in his movies, despite the fact that he is not, he himself is non-religious. Non -religious. Yeah. She is Sister Mary Helena, and he saw her at the hospital. He assumes that she's some type of volunteer there. He thinks he should have been able to save those kids. And then she tells him, Only one thing can save the children. The unquiet spirit must be laid to rest. It is an abomination to God and to man. Nancy comes over, calls for him, 
And then when he looks back, the nun is the nun is gone. Should have picked up that she she's not alive. Like who you? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess, but like anyone. Did you guess at this point, or did you guess later? I mean, the first scene where she disappears. It's like she ain't a ninja. <laughs> but like, like I was thinking, a I was ninja like, nun. Yeah, like when she disappears, when people walk in front, it's like that's generally a clue. If someone did that to me, I'm like, not alive or ninja. <laughs> they're the two possibilities. Some type of ghost ninja. <laughs> they might be both. Ghost ninja. <laughs> it's my ultimate form. <laughs> At Nancy's place, they're having uh, dinner together, her and Neil. There is a romantic subplot with them that never really plays out. Mm. It's another hangover from the Craven script in which they are lovers. They become ah. lovers. I feel like there was warming up to it, but it didn't get it a doesn't, chance. It, it never pays off. It never pays off. Apparently yeah. they did shoot a kiss, but it didn't end up in the final film. Right, I'm not sure okay. where, where it ended up. He asked about her Malaysian dream doll. It brings good dreams. It's kind of a callback to the Balinese way of dreaming from the first movie. What was that? Sorry? Balinese way of dreaming? Yeah, Johnny Depp talks about it, about how they turn their back on nightmares. Oh, I don't remember but that. how Nancy defeats Freddy in the first movie. Oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah and okay, she gets yeah. the idea from Johnny Depp. I didn't remember it was Johnny Balinese. Depp. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. He's feeling lost. The kids, like the kids are slipping through his fingers. He's got no answers. Nothing makes sense. And then she says, well, maybe you're ready for the truth. Mm. They hold group without Sims. Soon there won't be enough of them to call a group. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy knows who's trying to kill them and she lays it out. He wears a dirty brown hat. He's horribly burned. He has razors on his right hand. Who is he? His name is Freddy Krueger. He was a child murderer before he died. And after he died, well, he became something worse. Six years ago, he killed my friends. He almost killed me. Why is he after us? Yeah. What did we do? It's not you. Your parents, my parents, they burned him alive. And now we're paying for their sins. You are the last of the Elm Street children. See, that was a big jump. I didn't realize that they were all on Elm Street. Well, I don't think specifically they all lived on Elm Street, but they're the Elm Street children. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of the Elm Street children is a kind of a continuum. But like even their parents being involved. Yeah. 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 I, I liked it, but I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Mm. You could expand the pool. Yeah. Because right? we true. had those four kids in the first movie. Yeah. In the later movies, it so it becomes that there's Elm Streets everywhere, not that Freddy like no, is a mind virus like number two. No, that's literally no. You don't don't okay. jump to somewhere where you think we're going to get to because we're not going to get there. Okay, it is a one line in a screenplay of this movie, and it is a line that appears later on in the series. In the series, oh okay, sure, as an idea, but it doesn't come to pass. So don't. The kids all react in disbelief. How are they going to beat him? And Kristen is the, uh, Nancy says that Kristen is the key. She has special power. All of them do. Some special power that they had in their dreams, they can use that power. They lower the shades and they're going to try some group hypnosis to go to sleep with Kristen pulling them all together. Use a little metronome mm. with, a, with a light. I liked it. It was really, really good. Set mm. the scene. But it doesn't work. Hmm. Mm. They decide to take five. Joey heads out into the hall, spots the nurse he likes. And follows her. Listen, Joey, I just want you to 
just wanted to get you alone for a second. I mean, look, I really like you. Do you like me? I know this sounds crazy, but I make up excuses to come into the ward every day just to see you. You're so cute. Back in the room, Neil is playing with a Newton's cradle and the balls get loose and begin to float away because they are, in fact, dreaming. Yeah. Will stands up. In my dreams, I can walk. My legs are strong. In my dreams, I am the wizard master. Yeah, I and fucking hands, love Will. His hands crackle with green magic. Fucking justice for Will. Yeah. <laughs> In Devon's sleep again, he's like, yeah, I'm Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. In Kristen's dreams, she can do Jim Carter. Combine the power of gymnastics with the force of karate and an all new martial art is born, Jim Carter. Yes, <laughs> yes. So true. Yep. Kincaid bends some chair legs, which is unnerving. Yeah. And then Taryn. In my dreams, I'm beautiful. And bad. And bad. bad. <laughs> so sick. She's dressed like, she's got like a mohawk and switchblades and yeah. is dressed like a punk. In Joey's dream, he unzips the nurse's uniform. <laughs> Poor Joey. He's getting everything he wants and the most horrible thing at the same time. Him and the nurse make out on a bed until the nurse's uh, tongues become monster this tongues. This is the third thing that comes back from number two. The tongue. Well, the tongue is in the first one. Nah, is it? Yep. Yep. Oh, it is too. Damn. <laughs> and in the second one. Yeah, right. True, true, true. Freddie being gross with his tongue is not original. Yeah, 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 yeah. She spits tongues that then tie him to the bed. Love it. Such a good idea. And then she is Freddie. So, uh, legendarily, they were going to do this <laughs> transition between the woman to Freddie. So, there is behind the scenes photo of this woman with the top half of her in As like Robert England makeup yes. with the breasts. Yes. <laughs> Freddie with tits. I didn't realize they were going to go full frontal in this because I feel like this is, is this a bit of a kid's horror when it came out or no? No. No? This movie is R-rated. Oh, it is too. <laughs> the box is literally sitting in front of you. Right. This I, is not a kid's horror I thought it was movie. like not a kid's kid's, but like it's a, a- teen horror. It's yeah, a teen okay, horror. Yeah, okay, okay. Adult horror movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and also like nudity and horror is like yeah, very tropey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Freddie quips. What's wrong, Joey? Feeling tongue tied? The bed falls away. Beneath it is a pit of fire and skulls, and we get a spiraling shot as Joey can't scream. Yeah, I love that. It's a great shot. So that is actually shot. He's standing up. Ah. So instead of it being an actual, like, a move upwards, it's actually just a move out. Yeah. So they built the set sideways so that he's standing on the bed frame. It is kind of meant to be hell, right? Yeah. And then back in group, the lights spark. Freddy is close. And then this is, like, fucking amazing. The room begins to change. The walls crack and burn. And then they begin to fold in around them until mm. they are in the boiler room. <laughs> that yeah. transit, that set transition is like just amazing. How the fuck did it happen? It's all yeah. just mechanical effects. It's all done in pieces, right? So they originally they just um, the the walls of the group set are made so that they will that you can do fire and they will they'll crack. But is it like you know what I mean? Is it like sections that they can't move another section in, or is it like? 
there's mechanics like pushing parts of walls to yeah, different parts. Kind of a mix of both. It's probably done in like two or three different sets, right? Ah. So it's not one set. Like one set does one thing and then you move to the next piece and it does another thing. And then there's the third set that wraps around. The fucking polish again. Yeah, it's great. The metal door into the room opens and it sims. And then they're all just in the room asleep and Joey is on the floor. Okay, this is, again, me missing shit. I thought it was the kid from the wheelchair who stood up and fell. I thought it was <laughs> Will. And I was like, where's Will? Like, what's going on with him? Like, they still haven't saved him. Okay. Oh, Brody. <laughs> yeah, it took me a sec. Joey is in a deep, deep coma and there's nothing they can do for him. Mm. So Carver chews out Neil and Nancy. They end up being both relieved of duty. Nancy asks Neil what they're going to do, and Neil tells them that it's just out of their hands. Yeah. So they're fucked, basically. As he is packing stuff into his car, he looks up at the tower, it's nighttime, and he sees Sister Helena at the top of the tower. The tower is locked, but he breaks his way in. And then at the top of the tower, he finds her lighting a candle for the Virgin Mary. Mm. She tells him... The fucking best origin story. Okay. <laughs> it's can fucked. We, can I tell the origin yeah, story and sorry. then we can talk about it? Sorry. This is where it began. The swing's been closed for years. What was this place? Purgatory. Fashioned by the hands of men. Twisted, lonely souls. The worst of the criminally insane. We're locked up in here like animals. This whole facility was shut down in the 40s, wasn't it? Some sort of scandal? The young girl on the staff was accidentally locked in here over the holidays. The inmates kept her hidden for days. She was raped hundreds of times. When they found her, she was barely alive. And with child. That girl was Amanda Kruger. Her child, Freddy. The bastard son of a hundred maniacs. Fucking wild bastard. Hell, hell of a turn of phrase. This is this movie's big addition to the canon and the mythos, apart aside from the idea of like dream powers and having yeah. special powers in your dreams. Do we need more? It's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, do you need more of an explanation for how evil Freddy is? I, I don't think you do, but this is the one time I think where there's others, sure, but I, I think this is an addition that doesn't muddy the water. This sure. is something that just goes to show there was no good. There was no good in him. This is an evil that was born evil, you know? Mm, interesting, yeah. I don't think it takes anything away. Mm, you feel the same way? It doesn't bother me. No? I could have done without it, but it doesn't yeah. bother me. Yeah. I'm just curious. So, like, horror movies have this thing, horror franchises, Jason, Freddy, Michael, where they feel like they keep needing to adding adding explanation lore. over time and lore, mm. and I don't know if you need it. I've, I've always liked this. I've always really enjoyed it, but I just wanted to have the conversation to see how you guys felt about it. If it wasn't written as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think the that line of, is strong. So Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, it's that turn of phrase, right? Yeah. And it's like it's not just like, oh, he comes from the depths of hell. It is a proper dark story. Yeah. And it And a human it really one. does like add to it, magic I feel. He yeah. Came from something. Yeah. yeah. 
human bad happening. Hell built from the hands of men. Like, yeah. I, it's fucking great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sister Helena tells Neil, you must find the remains and bury them in hallowed ground. The religious stuff, I didn't, I didn't need, but it, it makes sense. Yeah. Or about it's only really for this movie. Yeah. Nancy sits with Joey and says, Go of him, you bastard. And on Joey's chest, <laughs> cuts start appearing out of nowhere. Spelling out, come and get him, bitch. Fucking good. <laughs> Which is so good. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not a short sentence either. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so long. Neil and Nancy talk. They're trying to figure out what happened to Kruger's body. All Nancy knows is that they burned him to death in his boiler room and buried the remains. And only one man would know. And mm. it's time for that man to talk. I did not think he was going to make a fucking reprise. Yeah, when, when I always I, forget that he comes back in this movie. <laughs> we're not there yet. Kristen is freaking out and ends up in the quiet room to be sedated. And then at a dive bar, yes, they find Nancy's father. John Saxon is back. He's drunk and he's a security guard now. Oh. He's not a cop anymore. He's a security guard. I was like, is he, he's he's an alcoholic cop. I mean, but that's also very cliche. So, so I just kind of moved past nah. it. It's been a long time. She needs his help. I need your help, Dad. Kruger's back. Fred Kruger is dead. He always had a little trouble trying to understand that, sweetheart. You know what he did. He's doing it again. She's telling you the truth. I don't believe we've ever met, friend, and I don't think this is any of your goddamn business. I think we can stop him this time. Stop him for good. But we need to know where his bones were hidden. I've lost too much over this already. I'm through with it. People are still dying after all this time. Stop running away from it. You owe me. Nice seeing you again, Princess. Next time, don't don't stay away so long. Mm. Nancy ends up like storming off. Neil follows and his beeper goes off and then he calls the hospital. Taryn has beeped him to tell him about Kristen being put in the quiet room. Nancy is going to head back to the hospital while Neil is like, no, 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 I'll stay and try and convince your father. And then as soon as Nessie's gone, Neil goes over there and tough guys. Yeah. John Saxon. I'm sorry, sir. John Saxon can eat your lunch. Yeah. You ain't tough guying that guy. No. They're going to go on a scavenger hunt. They stop at a church so that Neil can steal a cross and some holy water. (laughs) So smart. He gets caught by the priest. What is the point of this? He gives him his driver's license and says, I'll be back. What is the point of this, right? Of getting caught? Yeah. I don't know. Entertaining. True, it is pretty funny. There is less humor in this than the first two, now that I think about it. But Freddy is funnier. True. Very true. Freddy's all puns and quips in this movie. Yeah. Welcome to Primetime, bitch. You know what I mean? There's less, um, not campiness. There's still a good deal of campiness. I feel like this movie takes the the subject matter a little bit more seriously. Yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Anyway. It's still fun, though. Yeah, definitely. It's still a fun movie because of the characters, because of the strength of the I characters. would say this is the most fun out of all of them. I think maybe because it's the best movie out of all of them. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nancy is blocked coming back into the ward by Max. Max, I need to see Kristen. 
You don't understand. Look, Miss Thompson, save your breath. Dr. Sims gave me specific instructions. No one gets to see Kristen, especially you. But, Max, she needs me. She's in danger. You gotta believe me. Listen, I really think you mean well. I do, but my kid's been dying off. And even if I didn't have orders from Sims, I wouldn't let you near her. No way. But he does agree to let her say goodbye to the others. Mm. She gathers them up for one last group. Nancy's father leads Neil to an auto salvage yard. Back in group, Nancy warns them that if they die in their dreams, they die for real. Straight talk only in here. What about Kristen? We can't get to her. I tried. I was hoping we'd have more time to learn to use the dreams. But Joey's in there. Kristen's going in with or without us. They need us. You mean we're going to try to go in with her? To link up? It's now or never. I'm not going to kid you. This is as dangerous as it gets. If you die in this dream, it's for real. Nobody has to go in that doesn't want to. I'm in. Me too. Let's go kick the motherfuckers ass all over dreamland. Yeah. They hypnotize themselves to go save Kristen and Joey and dream themselves into the quiet room. And then the walls begin to be slashed with Freddy's razors. It's like they're, it, that is frustrating for me. Like they're like prepared to go fight. And then as immediately shit goes down, they scream and lose their shit. They are still in Freddy's space. He has, yeah. he does have all the power still. Kristen is back home making her model in the scene that we already saw. Yeah. And it kind of replays in that her mother comes in and puts her to bed. Her gentleman caller calls out, where do you keep the bourbon? And then the gentleman caller is Freddie. Yeah, no, no, no. It's where did you keep the bourbon? And then she keeps talking. It's like, where would you keep the bourbon, bourbon bitch? bitch. Yeah. <laughs> comes in so hard. I loved it. He cuts off her head <laughs> so and cool. holds it and... <laughs> Kristen's mother continues to debrate her about spoiling everything. Kristen, you ruin everything. Every time I bring a man home, you spoil it. You know what your shrink says? You're just trying to get a little attention. Oh. It was so good. This is an incredible effect for 1987. There is, no, oh, yeah. there is no camera tracking back then. I actually have no idea how this effect was done. Somebody knows how it was done, tell me. I'm sure it's probably in some Fangoria or Cinefix magazine from back in the day. I'm sure that there's probably something about it. So there that is effect you see everywhere in like 90s things with like heads that are talking, you know? Yeah. I just assumed it would have been like that. It's 1987, man. 87, right. Okay. Kristen, Jim Carter's away from Freddy <laughs> and then dives out a window. Watch the first episode of this pod if you haven't. It's fucking great. Yeah, definitely watch it. Um <laughs> It's an audio medium, Brody. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That's right. I forgot. I, I can see you, okay. though. So, <laughs> so the, yeah. Good to know. Good to know. I mean, she has the dream power where she can pull you into her dreams. Mm. But how much does the gymnastics help? Yeah. She got she got kind of- Unnecessary yeah. gymnastics. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a fan of unnecessary gymnastics. Oh, yeah. It's very true. She dives through a window that leads into Nancy's house. Again, I love you go through that was clean, the yeah. doorway and you end up somewhere where you don't expect to be. But also, I just fucking love how she flipped him fucked straight out. Yeah. Like, so smart. Yeah. Uh, she calls for Nancy. Taryn hears her calling for Nancy as she walks down a hallway in a house that then turns into a seedy alleyway. 
Yeah. Her way be- back gets blocked by a brick wall with a love heart. She pulls her switchblades because she's in her punk getup. Homeless guy shuffles past her and then Freddy pops up behind her and welcomes her home. Mm. Okay, asshole. Let's dance. We get switchblades versus Freddy's glove. I wish they, I wish she did better. She does kind of get him good. Yeah. She stabs him under the arm and then Freddy changes tact. Why should we fight? We're all friends, you and I. Remember? Let's get yeah. Freddy lifts his hands up and he has needle fingers. Taryn's drug sores on her arms become sucking mouths. Yes. That want the drug. Oh, the wounds. The wounds are great. And then Freddy shoots her up and bye bye, Taryn. Yeah. What a rush. Yeah. It, yeah. When he's like, eyes go back and he said, he's like, yes. Yep. Yeah. I just wish they had a bit of a like, um, Michael Jackson bad knife fight a little bit longer. Okay. <laughs> sure. Will walks down a dark hallway and hears Freddy laugh. At the end of the hall, there is a giant nightmare wheelchair <laughs> with spikes and chains. Mm. So apparently they built this thing so fucking big it could barely fit down the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> right? This is like a six-foot wheelchair. It, like, makes... England looks small. Freddie, well, he, Freddie's uh, nearby and tells him he looks tired and to have a seat. Freddie then tells him when he wakes up, he'll just be back in the saddle again, meaning back in yeah. the wheelchair. The chair rushes him and knocks him down, circles back for him. Will rises up as the wizard master, mm. shooting green lightning. <laughs> Blows up the chair. In the name of Lorik, Prince of Elves, demon be gone! <laughs> D&D for the win. Yeah. He shoots magic at Freddy and then rushes him. Mm. Not a good idea to close distance. No. You're a wizard. You need to keep that gap. Freddy just fucking picks him up, stabs him in the gut and says... Sorry, kid. I don't believe in fairy tales. <laughs> 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 fucking brutal. Yeah, so it fucks him right up. The actor in this tells the story that when they were trying to shoot this, now this is one of those things where like, I don't know what's true and what's not, right? But in Never Sleep Again, he says, when they were going to shoot, they were having a problem with Freddy's knives retracting. So what they did is they put a piece of board on on the actor's chest so that they could just stab the knives into the into the board. And they would be pushed in. And, well, no, just stab the board. Right. <laughs> Did it actually get him? No. Because, oh, okay. And so they're saying that normally he would they have retract. them retractable so that it looks like it's gone in, but really but they've, ha- just but retracted, they've just right. retracted, right? Yeah. But it's they like a retractable knife. Yeah, in, but they couldn't get it to work that day, so they had to come up with they a different way They just put a piece of wood underneath and had Freddie actually stabbed them. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, like, he oh, actually yeah, that got died. stabbed and his scream was yeah, no, real. That, that kid died. Yeah, no, he's dead now. Fuck, fucking Jesus Christ. Wait, I'm confused about the movie. So the cops knew that Internal Affairs was setting them up? What are you talking about? There's nothing like that in there. Well, you see, when I get bored, I make up my own movie. I have a very short attention span. Birdie always makes up his own stories. (laughs) (laughs) I will have already cut it in. (laughs) It's barely a joke anymore. (laughs) Nancy finds Kristen in a nursery 
which I think is interesting and perhaps a holdover from the original screenplay. Mm. They hear a cracking sound in the walls, but it's Kincaid. Yo, I thought I heard voices. (laughs) Kincaid, I could kiss you. What's stopping you? He just bursts in. Yes, loved breaking Kincaid. Breaking into the, yeah. yeah, that was cool. Kincaid calls out Freddy. Yo, Freddy, where you hiding at, you burnt face pussy? Hey, we should find the others first. You think you hot shit with the little milk kid, don't you? Well, let me see you come get a piece of me. Kruger, pussy! And then a metal door appears, freestanding in space. Fucking dope. I'm kind of obsessed with doors that shouldn't be there. Yeah, especially in D&D. Does feel a little familiar? (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yep, I am but the sum of my influences. (laughs) It opens and it leads to a metal spiral staircase that goes down. Mm. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Uh, It is from Craven and Wagner's script, this door. Yeah. It does appear in the the middle of nowhere. I did notice that, um, weird side note, uh, Kristen was wearing socks and I was like, ooh, those metal grades are hard to walk on on bare feet and socks. <laughs> <laughs> Should dream yourself some shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Back at the uh, salvage yard, Nancy's dad points out a red caddy in the wall in a wall of cars. Mm. Love the wall of cars. Neil goes to open the trunk with a shovel and inside is something in a sack. Meanwhile, Nancy's dad tries to leave. Yeah. She's like, I'm out. Going somewhere? I said I'd show you where the goddamn thing was. I never said I'd stick around. We got work to do. What are you talking about? You're about to attend a funeral. One that's long overdue. <laughs> when did he go from like psychiatrist doctor to like quip making badass? I don't know. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, it's very, it's a little bit of a strange transition. <laughs> I'm down for it. I'm here for it. Eh? Nancy, Kristen and Kincaid end up in the nightmare boiler room where Joey hangs underneath the over the pit. And this set is huge. Mm. It's filled with kids' bones and, like, toys. There's a pile of, like, kids' bikes. Is, it's wild. Is it because it, what I hopefully we'll talk about later, it gets used for another shoot? No. No? No. Oh, okay. It's just because the, they decided to build a big set. Yeah. It yeah. deserves a big set piece, though. Freddy just walks out and taunts them. Like he was just waiting. <laughs> no popping up anymore. I'm just like, oh, hi, guys. Yeah. This is my boiler room. Oh, hi, guys. Nancy screams for Freddy to let Joey go. Let him go, Cougar! Your wish is my command. No! <sighs> Never say that. No. Literalism. Your wish is my command. He starts loosening the tongues that are still holding Joey to that bed. They're just lucky that he didn't do all of them at once because yeah. it'd serve them right. You never ask to let for someone to be let go when they're dangling over something. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a yeah, it's a bit of a trope. Kristen Jim Carter's down. Shotgun drop kicks Freddy in the chest. Yeah, so and good. then Freddy does a fucking kip up. Has Freddy been studying martial arts? I assumed it was just to be like, I'm not fucking scared of you. Yeah. they <laughs> all fight him. Uh, Kincaid hits him with a with a with a pipe, a giant. Pipe. Yeah. Um, Nancy runs him through with another one, and then Freddie laughs as he pulls it out and tastes his own blood. It's strong. I've never been this strong. Mm. And then Freddie rips open his shirt, and we see the souls of the children in his chest. 
This is an awesome effect. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I know how it was done, but I'll let you tell. No, this is the, not the one that you're thinking of. Isn't it? No. There's another version of this that's way better. Ah. That's in a different different movie. Oh, I didn't realize that. I know that. the one that you want me to talk about. Yeah. That's not how they did this one. I I'll love that one. I know. I'll talk about that one when we get to that that's one. That's disappointing. I thought we were going to get to talk about it now. <laughs> so this is just a makeup piece that has a little bit of like tiny amount of animatronic in it. So the the um you'll notice that the kids' faces are a little bit like hard. They don't yeah. move around like the other ones the other ones do. Is it meant to be the kids from this movie's? faces? It's all of the children. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. It's all I was the, like trying to make them out. It's all the souls that he's collected, yeah. which is also an idea that will move forward, that he's like fed by these children's souls. Okay. Yeah. So that's something else that they add to the mythos from this from this movie for, forward. Okay, so are okay. any of the faces on him in this movie from this movie? Like I, don't, I don't think so. In the salvage yard, Neil picks up Freddy's bones, the sack, Freddy feels it in the dream and mm. then vanishes, which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and we get into the he good must shit. be somewhere else. Yeah. We get into the good shit. Uh, all the cars in the salvage yard start to turn on, honk, yeah. rev, and flash their lights. Nancy's dad runs for the car and then a pile of cars tips over and blocks the yeah. path, which is, again, like, good shit. Fucking Because it's got scale to it, right? Yeah. But also, like, it looks, like, real and it looks it like is. they were, like, probably in a little bit of danger. Yeah, they probably yeah. were. Yeah. <laughs> 1987. Yeah. You can get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Thompson's like... Neil goes to grab the sack and a skeleton hand grabs him. I love this. I love it from start till finish. Yeah, I wish it was longer. So we get stop motion Freddy skeleton. Mm. Uh, Russell and Darabont were massive fans of like Clash of the Titan and Ray Harryhausen. Yeah. Like it is, that's what it is. Yeah. And so they wanted to put that into this movie because it was the first movie they were making that had a budget where they yeah. could do that shit. And it's kind of, it's a little bit janky. Like it's a little bit janky, but I, but I love it. Skelly Freddy stabs. Nancy's dad. Skelly Freddy. Skelly Freddy. Yeah. That was a good day at the Word Factory. He fucking deserved that it. That was yesterday. Um, <laughs> Skelly Freddy grabs, stabs Nancy's dad and then yeets him to be impaled on the fin of the caddy that he put Freddy's body into after he burned him alive. Yeah, so shit. <laughs> good shit. He stabs and beats Neil with the shovel and then starts burying him before falling back into a pile of bones. And yeah, I love, I love Skelly Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> He should have finished off the doctor, though, but then we wouldn't get the end. <laughs> yeah. Nancy, Christian, Kincaid, and Joey are kind of lost in the dreamscape. They end up in a hallway filled with ornate mirrors. Christian can't pull them out because she's sedated, right? Mm. So they, they, I don't know how they're going to, they're just going to wait until, you know, wake up. They get their full eight hours, I guess. Freddie appears in one of the mirrors and then spreads to all of them. The reflections start 
grabbing Nancy, Christian, and Kincaid and pull them into the mirrors. It's so good. Yeah. So the scale is obviously the scale and imagination of this stuff. Like I think that West West would have made stuff that was like this interesting yeah. if he'd had the budget to make things that were th- this, in- yeah. this interesting. But yeah, the scale of this stuff is is great. And that, that the imagination goes, of this stuff is great, not necessarily the scale. Yeah. But, I mean, like, props to the directors and writers, but, like, as Jenna Mazza said, one of the reasons why Freddy is so great because he does these things, and it's like, Freddy, the character, is so creative. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, he will get increasingly creative. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. He was like, yeah, I know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> this one's still the best. Joey finds his dream power. He yells, all the mirrors break, and then everyone flies back into the room through the mirrors. So much broken glass. Yeah. yeah. Such yeah. good stunt work. Nancy thinks it's over. He's gone. It's over. I, I've never understood why Nancy thinks it's over. That killed he's me. He's gone. That fucking killed me. Like, oh, so his power is what Freddy needed to be defeated? Yeah, I never, I've never really understood it. So her father appears in the next room. This also she's seen this common girl. <laughs> she goes to him. Crossed over. I couldn't go without telling you how sorry I am for all the things I've done. I love you so much. I'll always love you. I'll always love you. They hug each other. Suddenly, Nessie's stabbed in the stomach. It's Freddy. Mm. Always Freddy. Yeah. Always Freddy. Freddy makes the door to the hallway slam closed, and then he's about to kill Kristen when Nancy grabs him and makes him stab himself, which mm. is fucking fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Kills yeah. him with his own glove kills him with his own glove. At the same time, Neil awakens and shoves the bones into the grave, splatters them with holy water. As he prays, and in the dream, Freddy glows with a um, with light where he was hit with the holy water. Neil places a cross on Freddy's skull, which Five, then six, cruises six, six, yeah. and then Freddy explodes in light. Yeah, yeah, gets the cross on his forehead. That yeah. was good. And then Kincaid and Joey burst in as Kristen holds Nancy, and she dies. I won't let you die. I won't let you. I'm gonna dream you into a beautiful dream. Forever and ever. Taken from the original mm. screenplay, which I like. Why don't we do that ending? Why don't we just keep that ending? Yeah. I, yeah, that's what I wish happened as well. I wish she got like a little bit of a nicer ending. Yeah. I had heard that that um, Craven was upset that Nancy was killed off in the third movie, ah. which it's one of those things. Like you look at IMDb or whatever, you know, Craven left over disagreements about Nancy's death or whatever. And it's like, well, that's actually not what happened. He just wanted to get paid for his screenplay and go go make yeah. whatever he wanted to make. And also in his screenplay, Nancy dies. Yeah, I think that 
what is clear to me now is that Craven was maybe upset with the exact way that Nancy dies, which is that she falls for that trap, right. uh, which yeah. makes so much more sense to me considering that it's in his screenplay. Yeah, because she fucking ends, the first one being a fucking lethal weapon, mm. comes in the second one like being strong and then gets punked. Yeah. So yeah. how does she die in Craven's script? Uh, it's it's similar. She's killed by Freddy, but it's just more in a fight, situa- fight mm. situation. Right. Yeah. But she does go down swinging and and she does kind of save obviously Neil is also in the dream in that ver- in that mm. version with with Christian and then yeah they end up in right. in, in the past in Freddy's in Freddy's head I guess yeah, yeah. Right. at Nancy's funeral the judgy priest from the first movie is back <laughs> oh really it's the priest from like Rod's funeral in the first movie oh okay it's the exact uh, same dude that's funny yeah that's a weird I know, recast, right? right? I know. But it makes sense. Yep. It's uh, the same town? Yeah. Yep. Wait, is that the same one in the church? No. No, different one? Okay. There are there are more priests in the town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neil spots Sister Helena and then just walks away from the yeah. funeral, only to find a gravestone for Sister Helena that also says she was Amanda Kruger. Mm. <laughs> you were his mother. That night, Neil sleeps, maybe okay. He's like turning a little bit. And beside his bed is Nessie's dream doll and the model of the house. A light comes on in the model, the theme plays, and then cut to credits and Dokken performing Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Don't want to dream no more. And that is Nightmare 3. But I also had you guys watch the music video. Yeah. That was, dream Warriors. I feel like we harmonized a little bit on that little <laughs> one just before. Um, that was a hell of a music video. <laughs> Pretty fun, right? There was a clip where, like, they're walking down the hall as if they're Freddy. Yeah. That was really good. <laughs> so, yeah, so it. the music video is pretty groundbreaking for its for its time, right? Okay. It mixes footage from the movie with new footage of the band shot on set with the cast and with Freddy. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of cool. And the ending of cool. it is so good. Yeah, well, Freddie wakes up. Who were those guys? Yeah, with a, <laughs> with a doll. Yeah, yeah. This is part of the making Freddie a pop cultural icon. Yeah, right? he's becoming self-referential yeah. kind of thing. We're in the we are in the MTV era. This is not the MTV nightmare. Yeah, but we are in the MTV era. We're having a hot song connected to a movie was good for the band and good for the mood yeah. for the movie. So this song, I've got one yeah, more yeah. thing about this song. This song was produced by Rachel Talalay. Oh right. Ah. <laughs> It did so well that she got her name on a gold record. Nice. Fuck yeah. That's amazing. She um, deserves it. It's yeah. a good song. So Not just working her way up the work ladder, working her way up the charts. Yep. Yeah, her influence on this uh, series is beginning to grow. Yeah, is right. What, is what I would say. Um, before we get too far away from it, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the, the ending where it's like a confirmation that Freddy's not dead? Well, we kind of already had that for the second, for the first and second movie. Yeah. 
I would have preferred something a little more ambiguous. Okay, good luck with that. Is and it, also good luck with that for all of the rest of the yeah, movies. Yeah, I know. It's just I like ambiguous endings more, and I feel like it's like, oh, fuck, they sacrifice themselves for nothing. I feel like it. I like ends- that it's a different ending to the other two, that yeah. they didn't just do the same thing again. They didn't again. just do a shock ending again. True. Yeah, true. I do. But they do tease the fact that it's not over. Yeah. Because it's never over. Yeah, true. If it came out now, it would probably annoy the shit out of me. Yeah, okay. But I've lived with this movie for more than 30 years. And it's very of the time as well, I feel. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't always tease a sequel for for a horror movie. Jason does sometimes, not all not all the time. Yeah, okay. Michael Lesso? I like this movie too much to have yeah. this yeah. ending Still annoy me. no notes, no notes. <laughs> yeah. An appropriate age to have seen A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, Dream Warriors. There are some... Despite me feeling, I don't know why I felt like it was a kid's thing. It was. It's just like there's a vibe to it that is very young. I thought, thought the first movie was a comedy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a modern lens on it. I think same as all the others. I think it's also like tween, 12, 13 sort of. I don't know. That area. tendon ripping scene is pretty brutal. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the nudity is more full frontal in this. Yeah, but there's not that much of it. Yeah, true. And it's not like a plot point. Compared to other other horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. I still reckon 11 to 13, yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't know, but my guess is somewhere between 9 to like 11 or 12. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, would you watch this movie again if you're in free will? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you want to watch it now? We can watch it now. <laughs> it breezes past. A rating for A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. The way we rate movies is on a five-star scale, with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being I like parts of this movie, it was fine, three being I like this movie, four being I love this movie, five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Five's all around? Five's all around? Can we give it a six? Uh, we are not allowed to break the scale. Really? A six? It was fucking pretty more much- than the, More like, than the first one? It was pretty much flawless. Okay. And I think the first one was very fun, but I think this is, this had everything that I personally love as well. Yeah, I think yeah. this one is probably on my like legitimate favourite movies of all time list as opposed to just my yeah. this podcast list. Yeah. I think this would actually make my real life yeah. all movies list. Like these so are the yeah, kind of, for sure. These are the kind of horrors that I actually love watching. Like, mm-hmm. like I know it's a slasher and I'm not a big slasher dude, but like, they, I don't know what, I can't even pick what it was about it mm. that is more up my alley. As I said, it is the fan favorite. Yeah. It is the one that, it is the one that if you ask people their favorite nightmare movie, they usually say this one. Yeah. Or the original. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's one or the other. Five and five. Five and five. five. Yeah. yeah I, I'm a five. Yeah. For yeah. a second there, I thought you were going to not give it a five. Yeah. I would have been very disappointed in this. <laughs> this probably has some of the most iconic kills of the series. I think it establishes the Nightmare Dreamscape better than the first two movies. And yeah. Better than Wes Craven. And the polish on it. You just can't go past it. Yeah. From here on out, each teen death will be a set piece that tries to one up everything that happens in this movie Dope. and everything that happens before. <laughs> like it is just the way it is. Dope. Yeah. That's the way it should be. And this is the beginning of a pun and quip Freddy, which I actually don't mind so much in this movie. I'll talk about how it I feel about it. down I'll, maybe. About, about it later. I think Nancy deserves better. Same. I've true. always felt that way. Two notes then. Nancy yeah. and the ending being and more And even more so now that I've read the Craven Wagner draft yeah. of the screenplay. But still one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. 
Absolutely, positively. Yeah, and they kind of give you a Nancy surrogate in... Uh, 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 Kristen. 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 Yeah, I was going to say our cat, yeah. <laughs> Next episode. Next episode. The way that we pick movies is that my co-hosts alternate, taking turns, picking from three choices I prepared. This week it is Kira's pick. Yay! Whoop, whoop. If a movie remains unpicked three times, it'll be struck out, taken off the list, although I can bring it back and lay down my choosing. Still on the list is one movie. Mm-hmm. It is... A Nightmare on Elm Street, part four, The Dream Master with one strike. There's a saying they have on Elm Street. One good nightmare deserves another. (laughs) And you thought the nightmare was over. Well, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 4. The Dream Master. Finally, someone's ready for Freddy. Is Freddy the Dream Master? You'll have have to to watch it and see it, aren't you? (laughs) So the question is, do you think that Kian has gone five and six? I would have no problem. Like I said, I'm renewed. In my friend. Oh, kids. Spooky season's over. Oh, okay. But you also lied to our faces last episode. Did I? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What's weird? That bastard son of a hundred maniacs, Freddy Krueger is back with his finger knives at the ready to rip into the dreams of a new group of Elm Street teens. So almost pretty good. (laughs) That sounds amazing, though. It does, doesn't it? Why is there a new group? Because time has passed and he's killed all of the children. <laughs> but like, oh no, they're not all dead now. <laughs> well, quite a lot of them survived. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We have two. I have two new picks to add to the list. So I'm picking, and I think I'm selling anybody this week. <laughs> You're not you guys at are all. just looking at me like, just put the fucking yeah. name <laughs> on the no, it's coming. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. I'm picking. I'm adding a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five: The Dream Child. It's a boy. seen this tape before. No. Oh, there's that so many a, photos on it. That is, that is that. an interesting cover, isn't it? It is Freddy with a child's bassinet. Oh, is that the one we watched the trailer for? No, we watched the trailer for four. Oh, yes! Fuck yeah. <laughs> Let's watch them out of order. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. You can't stop me. I can pick anyone I want. You can do whatever you want. You'll upset Bernie, though. <laughs> and then... It's only got one strike. We could watch, like, six, and then he could p- still pick four next. But Ken has just informed me that this is the one that we watched for a trailer for a while ago, and I was like, I want to watch that movie right now. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. And then, last to the list, I'm adding Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. As a boy... He was always different. Son of a 
no one understood him. You ready for it, boy? It's time to take your medicine. Thank you, sir. No one could control him. Go inside, honey. But now, it's a new beginning. The beginning of the end for Freddy. Every town has an Elm Street. It's your mind you'll go for. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little soul, too. Oh, yeah. We're gonna have to hit him with everything we've got. Now I'm playing with power. We're in Twin Peaks here. It's gotta be me and him. You wanna live? Maggie, watch out! What's with kids today, huh? Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Great graphics. They saved the best for last. Oh, Ooh. Ooh, in 3D. So you're setting up that we have to get there. Is this the one? Is this the one? Oh, that you... Brody, there's one after this. Is this the one that? <laughs> is this the one that you bought the 3D glasses for? It is the one that is has. It, it's the one that has an ending that is in 3D. Uh, I kind of want to fuck with you and just pick one of the other ones that doesn't fall. <laughs> you do whatever you want to do. No. Uh, yeah, well, obviously we're going to do Nightmare 4. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked that we're master. doing Nightmare 4, the Dream Master. Because I don't think that, I, I don't know whether I could take the internet's wrath if I did Nightmare out of water. <laughs> so let's go with Nightmare 4 and just be predictable. Is there an internet better watch list? Like, is there a way no. that people prefer it to be watched? No, they are in order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, good. No, 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 no. They also, this is one of the rare series where there is one set of continuity. Yeah, dope. There's no skip this. Well, you know, two. Number two. two f- is not it's remembered. Not, it's not retcon. It's not like they've taken it out of the timeline. Yeah. It's just not referred to anymore. Yeah. Right? But it's got one set of continuity. Does anything happen in two besides him coming out of the dreams, I suppose, that isn't. Which never comes back. Yeah. But it's not like they say he can't. And I suppose he comes out as a skeleton in this one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and doesn't Nancy pull him out in the first one? Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it does happen. That's it. Don't like, don't subscribe, go Do outside, things, touch though. some grass. Follow us at Weird Kid Video on Instagram mostly, but also Letterboxd if Kian ever updates it. I'll get to it. <laughs> Follow Kian on Letterboxd. Yeah, the only, it's the only type of social media that he'll happily be followed on and also read his reviews because they're hilarious. Yeah, please don't add me on Instagram. If I don't know you, I'm not adding you. <laughs> oh, and listen to the homework fucking apps because they're great. The oh, latest yeah. one was amazing. So, yeah, come back next week for Homework Club. Yeah. Uh, and then in two weeks for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, Dream Master. Dream yeah, Master. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. You like the, the Homework Club? Uh, yeah, been loving it, man. Have you been watching, watching the any films? Of the movies? Oh, I don't have time to watch films. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking believable. 
All right, that's it. Fuck off. Uh, I'm real fun. <laughs> and Dream, Dream Warriors. Warriors. Only straight talking here. Scene. <laughs>